Good evening and welcome to OAS Info Service. We're yeah. here tonight to discuss a theme which requires some delicacy. Yeah, um, we are your host, Jose. Willie Boy. And uh, we are going to be talking about the Green Party um, as we know it, and Green Parties as we understand them. And uh, just generally look into their history, formation, and general impact into electoral politics, because they, and uh, we'll maybe muse more later on. We are not here to vote shame. No, anyone. I I'm a Green Party voter. I've never voted for the Green Party, but wow, uh, okay, I'm that's not gonna yuck I feel ashamed. You feel like you ashamed me. That's... I voted for Ron Paul. How's that for shame? Ah. Oh. Okay, well, I'm sorry. Um, that, yeah, that's okay. Joe Stein, you know? I voted for Joe Stein. She didn't speak to me. I, I kind of like, uh, just didn't speak to me. She didn't, yeah? I didn't vote in 2016. I didn't vote in uh, 2020. I voted in 2016 for Hillary. Wow. Totally against my will. Okay, okay. I was vote shamed. I, yeah. I'm a Mark Charles voter myself. Not, not a Joe Biden voter. Still think. Mark Charles would have handled a lot of these situations pretty well. So we get wacky in the voting booth. Yeah. Oh, we, no. You could say that we swing. I, we I swing the I, lever. Yeah. I really We're meant swingers. my vote for Mark Charles. No, and Joe Stein, although later on, I don't know. When we're in the voting booth, you don't know what's going to happen with us. We could be voting PSL. We could be voting Green yeah. Party. Voting Republican, who knows? Mm. I did vote. Uh, I did one time. I took a Republican ballot. I was overseas, but I took a ballot in the Republican primary uh, to vote for Ron Paul uh, because I thought that he'd make a better presidential contender against Obama in 2012 and uh, over Mitt Romney. I thought that libertarian versus Obama's non-socialism would be a better dynamic for America to discuss than to rich guys talking about money well they really they really um suck you in with uh the anti-intervention but um i had a lot of experience with ron paul because i was very disappointed in the Mm -hmm. obama no dumb wars Mm -hmm. that he's there's like there's a lot of dumb wars in the obama years looking back now that i i have to make it excuses for but sorry if you're prefacing it no dumb wars you're like lots and lots of smart wars and that's what we got I'll let you finish. Should oh, I get it's a good line? That's a, that's a better line than what I said. You're good. Okay. Uh, hopefully, uh, whoever is out there uh, listening is enjoying a noticeably smoother sound rather than filters. And uh, we took our time. Did a couple of sound checks. Try to get it right. Yeah. Because you're worth it to us. That's right. You're worth it. Uh, let's get let's get onto the interwebs. Let's yeah. check out some articles. Right. <laughs> Continuing our theme, sorry, I'm trying to help the table. Um, continue our theme of doing our research. You know, mid show. Uh, I think you had some stuff that you wanted to share, and then we're just gonna like jump from there. Yeah, I gotta open the browser up. Yeah, I have. We have. Uh, we're gonna start with a. Let's start with Ralph Nader's article 
yeah. on why he's not a spoiler. I have not read this yet. We are reacting in real time. I think that that my goal is to be very generous with the Green Party. Yeah, I mentioned this to Jose before we started recording, but I think that um, if you use a broad brush, it's very easy to smear any activist group as an op yeah. when the dynamics may not be, uh, you know, uh, the cynical exercise of, uh, you know, conspiratorial forces rather than just the end product of some <coughs> processes you know, mm. going on, and, uh, you know, that it, a lot of times when you're in the activist struggle, you know, you feel the, the frustration and the, 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 the struggle, and, and it's like, even when you get a win, it feels like a loss sometimes, because you didn't mm. do everything you were trying to do. Definitely. And so I think that we're not trying to criticize activists, we're not no. trying to criticize people who associate informally to discuss politics, because what we're going to see is that, uh, one of the one of the origins of the Green Party was informal discussion groups, mm. uh, organized for organized as a, whatever the thing that led up to the American Revolution. So, uh, they they started something called the uh, in America in the United States. There's a different Green Party in every country, and they're almost like totally autonomous from one another. And uh, well, anyway, let's let's try and do this in an organized way. Okay, let's let me see if I can find. Yeah, this is a long way of saying that we're here probing to understand the Green Party because we are more um, familiar with their end results. So, um, but you know, to their benefit and uh, you know, the most charitable outlook is that you know everyone that I've met that has been associated with the Green Party, more or less, is you know, in a, a genuine, authentic agent of uh, positive change. Um, so, uh, you know, we're really just delving into this topic, you know, in a bit of an academic sense, but also, so we have better clarity into the world that, uh, might have a more pronounced impact on the left, uh, moving forward. Uh, and should it, as it should be, perhaps, you know, and this goes for all, anyone that I'm beefing with on Twitter, you know, that might have some, you know, million dollar successful podcasts out there. Um, yeah, we extend this, like lens of charity of non opping um uh everywhere uh in the end uh you know we're all human uh i think that we're more here delving into conspiracy because we feel that it's the clandestine processes that are the nefarious um agents you know and any one individual can be made a villain um you know willfully become a villain uh but more often it's just playing a role jose is filling time while yeah. i'm looking for the tabs how am i doing is it good it's it's great um i i'm having a little trouble focusing on what you're saying because okay, I'm, right, I'm frantically i don't know what scrambling saying. this is from the heart yeah from the heart man that, yeah. that's really what it is that's what this podcast is we're not yeah. uh yeah, experts we're just i am a false flag expert Jose Santiago, what kind of expert are you? Like, um, I'm like a psyop. I'm like a walking psyop. I fall for all the psyops. So when I'm like into something, you know, it's so probably a psyop. He is so an like, expert in the lived experience of being the target of psyops. Yeah, but to just like add buy it. You so know. we we are experts, and mm. we're not experts in everything though. So yeah. remedial psyop here. 
All right, this is what right. we're going to start with is this uh, article. I think, yeah, we should motivate. This is possibly a New York Times hit piece slandering the Green Party. I wouldn't even say, you know, I think possibly it's way too charitable here. After all the, you know, he and Hawaii, we went to like give other people some leeway. I don't think that we looked at trying to give New York Times the same leeway. Yeah, the New York crime. We're not fans of the New York crime. The New York crimes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, why are they attacking the Green Party? Maybe we don't know why they're attacking. If they're attacking the Green Party mm -hmm. to favor the Democrats, uh, yeah. But I think I had to mute it to hack hack up the lungs. Yeah, Green Party first. All right, let's read this article, and as we go through it, we're going to uh, get a picture of the Green Party. We're going to start with the harshest criticism of the Green Party. Hmm. Then I think we're going to read uh, from... Ralph Nader? Ralph Nader's uh, Apologia, not yeah. an apology, his, his sorry, I'm not sorry. I just want to go on the record as saying, like, I was one of those ignorant high school kids that thought I was growing up in the Bush era because of Ralph Nader, and then... You know, it was undergrad, and later on, that I realized how awesome Nader actually of a human being he really was, and how more people should support him. Well, uh, I'm not sold one way or the other. Uh, mm -hmm. I I think that, I mean, you know, is is he this great man? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, he did some good consumer uh, <laughs> investigative reporting on consumer safety, especially in the the vehicles. I admire that quite a lot. Yeah, a lot of cars killing a lot of people. Uh, there's some internal criticism. Green Party against Green Party mm -hmm. that that criticizes the excessive focus on the presidential campaign, and I was just like, we have we want it we want to work on our volume sometimes because we get we get hit with some criticism of it. That's all. I think we're good. Okay. I think we're good. Yeah, we do, we want to be in the low green. Oh. I think actually not the uh, we don't want to go anywhere near the yellow. That I, I read on some web page that oh yellow is good for speech. But I, I think that, that it depends on what the indicator is. We've been doing it all wrong. I've been doing it all wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're good, man. We're just taking winding after a work day. We work for a living. You know, we don't just, uh, you know, collect uh, dividends from our railroad stock like the Robert Barons of yore. You know, so we're, we're trying to take it easy. Let's see if we can get you in, your head in the frame as well. Because we were both in the frame when we did the sound check. So if we there keep our go. heads in the frame, maybe the sound will be... There you go. Dude, I talk normally. I feel like I'm hitting too high. Um, so the title of this... How Republicans are trying to use the Green Party to their advantage. The GOP has sought to help Green Party candidates in previous election cycles to siphon votes from Democrats. This year is no different, but it hasn't always worked. Hmm. And let's not bury the lead. Um, this article is actually does some investigative reporting. It's not just an opinion piece, and they basically say that Republican uh, PR firms and lobbyists are collecting signatures for the Green Party, and they've done it repeatedly. And it seems like the Green Party is aware of it. Howie Hawkins said that he he had heard rumors about it, and I think we're gonna mm -hmm. we're gonna read into this. And then we're going to talk about the organization of the Green Party, the the chapter structure, the uh, 
some of the constitutional issues that arose when they split from themselves. And uh, then, as Jose, you got some articles. Uh, we'll read those. But... Yeah, the Illinois State Green Party. Just their general history. What it's looked like locally. And that's great. Yeah, and uh, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, that maybe you know some of the inner, you know, inside baseball politics that they've been involved in. Oh, uh, just, yeah. Yeah. And we can, uh, we can assess the claims of this New York Times article, see if their evidence holds up. And uh, actually, they reference a bunch of articles in local newspapers, which is kind of what's cool about it, too, is that uh, they, they link a bunch of, like, small town, like, like independent newspapers in, uh, I don't know if they're independent or not, but they're newspapers in small, in, uh, you know, not New York City or L.A. or whatever, like the San Antonio Herald or the, anyway, I'm not, I'm not trying to get into some kind of newspaper nerd thing on this. Mm-hmm. All right, should I... Uh, yeah, here's Howie Hawkins. Yeah, the GOP has thought to help the group. Yeah. Looking like, uh, you know, the Quaker Oats man. Yep. The white boy. Yeah. Um, Howie yeah. Hawkins, the Green Party president's candidate in 2018. Republicans have worked to get him on the ballot in Battleground State. And Nathaniel Brooks for the New York Times. And we got Maggie Haberman, Danny Hakeem, Nick Cora Sanishi in, on, on the byline here. All right. This article's from September 22, 2020. Uh, it goes, Four years ago, the Green Party candidate played a significant role in several crucial battleground states, drawing a vote total in three of them, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, that exceeded the margin between Donald J. Trump and Hillary Clinton. This year, the Republican Party has been trying to use the Green Party to its advantage again, if not always successfully. In Wisconsin, the GOP election commissioner and lawyers with ties to Republicans tried to aid attempts by Howie Hawkins, the current Green Party presidential candidate, to get on the ballot there, which were ultimately unsuccessful. In Montana, state regulators found that the Republican Party violated campaign finance laws as part of an effort to boost the Green Party in five down-ballot races, including for senator and governor. Oh yeah, so these are some of the links to the local newspapers. Let's see if there's if there's some of them are still alive. There's also dead links in there, which I think is pretty shabby for the New York Times. Yeah. Yeah, there can't uh yeah, so the AP said that Montana GOP violated campaign finance laws and they said that they violated state campaign finance laws in a successful attempt to qualify the Green Party of Montana for the primary ballot. Without the Green Party's knowledge, the Commissioner of Political Practices said Friday. So, I w- yeah, so Montana GOP has acknowledged paying advanced micro-targeting. Wow, that's wild. You should look into these companies and who, like, who are the people who work in this industry. Okay. They paid $100,000 to gather signatures to certify the Green Party for the ballot. So paying for signatures, that is how politics is conducted in, in a lot of, you know, yeah, GOP does it. The money was also listed as an in-kind contribution to a group called Montanans for Conservation, which didn't register as a minor party qualifying committee until after the Green Party was certified for the ballot on March 6th. So, I get—I mean, that seems like, like that's pretty weird. Like, how can the, Repu- the Republicans are going and gathering signatures be without your knowledge? That, that seems like a very high level of naivete. Yeah. Uh, willful. I mean, 
you know, like I voted for Jill Stein. You had pictures of her having dinner, at, you know, in Russia with Putin. And I was just like, that's probably fine. But, you know, I also was just like, yeah, kind of shady. But, um, I, yeah, Howie Hawkins being I like, I don't know. it was kind of cool that she played it off. Like, yeah, Putin is paying for... For dinner, <laughs> for the stuff, yeah, it's just like a cool I, party. That I, I probably for free. I mean, I, 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 yeah, that's how I felt about it. I was just like, yeah, I would, I would play it off that way too. Um, yeah, we're not Putin's puppies on this show. We'll call out Jill Stein for, <laughs> and uh, wasn't uh, General Flynn there as well? He was, that's the shady guy was. Yeah, it was more shady that she was having dinner with him, in my opinion. But um, General Flynn is a brave warrior who is keyboard warrior. Turkey united by uh, his wet work to capture Galun. Christian faith not being defined, um, but letting the world know what a proud Christian is. Yeah, it's got a weird cult vibes. I'm saying we're. I have taken the oath to be an online warrior. I'm not an online warrior anymore, Michael. I am a warrior. No more. I dedicate my time to get out of my head, Flint. Making us cyber warriors out here get upset when we come back. Okay, so one thing I have not been sympathetic to mm-hmm. is the argument that mm-hmm. the Green Party is spoiling the presidential election. And yeah, because it's the, it's definitely the Democrats' own fault that right. the margins are close. Right. And I was not swayed at all by this. 2016 argument that in Wisconsin the Green Party got like 28,000 voters and then Hillary lost by 26,000 votes because as I understand it there are something like 300,000 voters who were excluded from the rolls. Right. And with all the campaign funds that the Democratic National Committee was uh, I guess getting siphoned from Hillary Clinton's personal campaign when she controlled all the funds that um they uh they could have tried to pay for some activists to fight the voter disenfranchisement or something. Right. And I mean like this advanced micro type advanced micro targeting, you know, sounds also like Cambridge Analytica like kinda like fallout little like third party contractor type of dude. Like yes. from hanging out on conspiracy Twitter. Yeah. And then also studying Marx, it seems that, uh, I believe Subliminal Jihad made this point uh, uh, in one of the more recent episodes. They said that uh, like there's a conspiracy every week that was exposed in all the newspapers in the early 20th century. Yeah. And I think that that could be true, equally true today, that yeah. there's hundreds of Cambridge Analyticas. And uh, it, the fact that the, you know, the liberal, ideologically liberal media was you know moved to do the expose that was largely ignored on Cambridge Analytica. It just goes to show, you know, that that how the ideological institutions that are supposed to be regulating mm-hmm. that their development has been to obscure and the actual development of capitalism has been nil, that there's still the same, you know, open season warfare, you know. It's just, you know, they've they've channeled it through ideological uh channels that that rationalize it you know that make it look like it like like that there's this uh war in mexico that's killed more people than the war in syria right but no no nobody acknowledges that it's a war right right so that's that's imperialism and then you know in in and you've got uh 
you know that the in the American small towns and stuff that the, the that were founded by the mafia or whatever, and then the police have been the mafia police since yeah. they were founded. Like this, uh, apparently this place Steubenville is like that. Mm. There's a book that came out on. But anyway, yeah. um Let's let's uh, let's talk Green Party. Let's keep this going. Um, yeah, let's keep reading. Yeah, but anyway, it's the Democrats' fault they lost, but it's also what is what is the goal of the Green Party? You know, right? And let's let's listen to their words. But first, let's just get this right hit piece, I guess, if you want to call it that, yeah. out of the way. It is. Uh, let's scroll down. Right. Uh, uh, Western uh, Pennsylvania petitioners from Florida and California were brought. Gather signatures for Mr. Hawkins by an outside firm whose actions Mr. Hawkins and the party said that they could not account for. So, uh, that's, yeah, I mean, to me, that's kind of weird. Like, how many times do the Republicans gather signatures for you mm-hmm. and then you don't have an explanation for it? And, and later in the article, I think he says that there's a, there's a, um, Later on in the article, he says that uh, that he has heard rumors of Republicans gathering signatures. But anyway, yeah, why don't you go out and read that? Yeah. With Mr. Trump trailing Joseph R. Biden Jr. in most national and swing state polls, Republicans are again trying to help third parties that may appeal to Democratic voters siphon off votes from Mr. Biden. This is taking place alongside a broader pattern of disinformation and skepticism by the president and his allies that have sown confusion and undermined confidence in the election. Hey. That is. It's all about the disinformation from the Russians. Yeah. Undermine confidence. Oh, the, the Postal Service thing. Remember that? Yeah. I mean, that was kind of shady. And then what Trump was doing Trump. with it was kind of shady. All right. So this is, this is editorializing. Yeah. I, I want to know yeah. who, what, where, when, you know. Yeah. Supporters of the president have also been trying to advertise advance the candidacy of Kanye West, billionaire. Hip-hop artist confident that he can cut into Mr. Biden's vote total. Democrats have portrayed the effort as a dirty trick and exploitative of Mr. West. Okay, so this is pretty patronizing, I think, yes. to say that, oh, that the Republicans tricked Kanye West. or I'm, I'm not going to comment on that. I'm, we have to investigate that mm-hmm. separately from here. But I think it's a certain yeah. patrimonialism indicative of the editorial line at the time. Yeah. The crimes. Um, uh, I suppose we should keep this going, right? Republican efforts to aid the Green Party are not new. In 2016, a billionaire backer of President Trump, Bernie Marcus, the co-founder of Home Depot, provided support to Jill Stein, the Green candidate, according to people with knowledge of the strategy, who said the effort was done with the knowledge of some officials at the Trump campaign and its chairman at the time, Paul Manafort. Mr. Manafort was subsequently convicted of eight counts in an unrelated financial fraud trial. It was not clear if Mr. Marcus' support, which has not been previously reported, included bolstering the party's effort to get on the ballot or fundraising a social media campaign, or if it went towards some other purpose. So I don't like this thing. I'm like, oh, Mr. Manafort was convicted later, but it's unrelated. It's like, yeah. Like, like, just, just, you know, you don't need to be like smearing every bad guy with everything they ever did. You know, that's like, true. I suppose. But what's going on with Mr. Marcus? What did he really do? Mr. Marcus did not respond to a question related to him through his wife, Billy Marcus. Hmm. 
Uh, she and Mr. Marcus donated more than $7 million to supporting Mr. Trump in 2016. His stalwart backing of Mr. Trump has previously led to calls to boycott Home Depot. Mr. Marcus retired more than a decade ago. So don't feel bad at all about stealing stuff at the self-checkout at Home Depot. Yep. Fill up a trash can with power Every tools. Every episode has more. Bring it up once. All right. Uh, three Republican operatives said that Steve Handler, Mr. Marcus's top political advisor, had portrayed himself as involved in efforts to bolster the Green Party in 2016. Mr. Handler declined multiple requests seeking comment. The people who spoke of Mr. Marcus's and Mr. Handler's involvement insisted on anonymity in order to disclose private conversations. Anonymity. Uh, there is no indication that Mr. Stein or her Ms. Stein or her campaign knew about Mr. Marcus's involvement. Ms. Stein, in a statement, said, I've never heard of, Ms. of Bernie Marcus or this alleged effort. Why is the New York Times trying to make this into a scandal and not the fact that super-rich elites from the same corporate interests give hundreds of millions every election to buy off both establishment parties? Bars. Yep. The Trump campaign declined to comment on whether officials were aware of Mr. Marcus's or Mr. Handler's effort in 2016, but said that it was unaware of current support being given to the Green Party. As of this week, Mr. Hawkins was on the ballot in only 28 states, qualifying in Florida, Colorado, and Michigan, but not in other states where polls show relatively narrow margins, including Wisconsin, New Hampshire, and Georgia. That's a far cry from 2016, when Ms. Stein qualified in 44 states and drew almost 1.4 million votes overall. Some Democrats blamed her bid for depriving Mrs. Clinton of critical votes that year, while also condemning Russian efforts can't see right, to boost Miss Stein's candidacy. Russian, Russian efforts. Let me see. There's an article from The Hill. One fancy dinner. Russian disinformation campaign. Jeez, you know, you take Stein's a free Stein. meal from one other nation and America won't let you forget it. Oh, the Senate Intelligence Committee has condemned Jill Stein for uh, her oh, links to the Vladimir Putin. But half of them are like in an internal coup, so I don't know. I don't know how much I trust those guys. Oh, the internet. Yeah, they're Russian, mostly guys. The internet research agency. That that was part of the whole Russia stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so Mr. Hawkins, a longtime activist. So this part was when I my interest started to peak. Yeah. Uh, I felt like it's kind of like been a lot of smears so far, but Mr. Hawkins, longtime party activist. Acknowledged that Republicans had likely tried to help him, but dismissed efforts as irrelevant. I am aware that some of that's been done. Republicans collecting signatures for Green Party ballot access. He sent an interview. I heard about it after the fact. Voters should look at the candidates. These operatives play their games. Me, myself, I didn't know they were doing it. Hmm. So you and I have both worked on some electoral campaigns. We have. And it would be quite odd to allow a third party to just collect signatures for you without your knowledge or permission or anything yeah i mean any operative that's doing that is doing damage to both parties involved um and they wouldn't get as far as they would without the party you know without the candidate finding out Basically, someone going out there and using your name in a way that you don't want them to is your business as a candidate. Um, yeah, so you got to kind of, like, it's part of message discipline or something. Or at least, uh, well, 
Yeah, no. I mean, they could get away with it. Would the board of Actually, elections? Actually, no I think about Would it, the damn. board of elections tell? Yeah. You that's that's someone else was collecting your signatures. Do you, would that be a normal thing? You think that would happen? No, that would be. Yeah, they would tell me like so and so collected your signatures, and I'd be like, who's that? And uh, they would tell you. Yeah. That someone someone has turned in signatures for your your candidate. Yeah, like you would. You know, a lot of it needs your signature and stuff, or like your campaign manager signature and stuff, or. I, I mean, like, we're collecting signatures for uh, Cook County elections for the, the the campaign manager, or the, it all has to be notarized. Yeah. So, I feel that the the campaign, you know, that the, the so, like, it's a bit odd. It's a bit odd to plead ignorance. I you know, Mister Hawkins, you had to work really hard <laughs> to take them signatures without having any knowledge of them. I'm just saying. Yeah, this was sort of when my interest was piqued uh, because uh, it's at least indicative of an atypical organization and I think indicative of an organization that um, that that is like uh, doesn't have a strong identity or, or groundedness. You know, it's like uh, if they are canvassing the community like every week and stuff they would probably just see other groups of canvassers and want to be like what are you doing what, what are you canvassing for uh that's pretty messed up uh, i think we should be more charitable with that but but i mean, I think it's it's a bit odd and, and i think when we get into more stuff about them yeah then we're gonna uh we're gonna see more odd stuff yeah so these operatives uh play their games myself i didn't know they were doing this so he's kind of like oh i don't get down in the muck with the dirty tricks yeah, that sounds like Trump. Okay, you want to read some? Sure. The efforts of Mr. Hawkins' behalf spanned several states. In the Pittsburgh area this summer, numerous signature collectors were brought in from Florida and California to get Mr. Hawkins on the ballot. Nominating papers filed in Pennsylvania show. Wow. Mr. Hawkins' campaign manager, Andrea Merida Cuellar, said that we did not contract any firm directly for petitioning work in the state. And when told that it appeared that an outside group brought the petitioners in, she did not offer another explanation. So I guess that outside group brought them in. So I guess this is kind of like off their anonymous sources. So I'm not totally with that, but I'm also not going to totally reject it out of hand. That yeah. Documents reviewed by the Times and interviews with people involved in gathering signatures indicate that the petitioners were brought in by L and R political consultants. And the link is to. Florida-based consultant. Florida-based consultant company run by Larry Laws. Let's see what he looks like. Why do you like to look at these people? Just like to check out their faces. Number one, I want to see if they're craggy or not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See? Uh, Which one is it? Oh, there's a lot of Larry Laws. L and R. Ugh. Well, it's not. We're not body shaming. We're just. I just look shady. How craggy people. How craggy. Even L Laws is a company agent. It's kind of like family business. Stephen L Laws, Gordon, Renee, and Michelle Laws. Mm. Are the, uh, Larry Laws. So who? Where is Larry Laws? 
he even work there anymore? Maybe he doesn't have to work there. Maybe they all work for him. Ew. Something like that. Yes. Uh, uh, company Explorer. Look at that. Look at how many companies. Explore business in Florida. That's pretty cool. I kind of like this guy. So what can we just click? What happens if it becomes company? Oh, well, it says, who is the company agent? Florida LLC. And their address. Pretty cool. I got to play around with this database from Larry Laws sometime. Sure. Because that's fun. Yeah, and there's there's way too many hits. Larry Laws. Larry Drake from LA Law. Okay. Good. Uh, who is well known in the ballot petitioning business? Two people with knowledge of efforts said, "Mr. Laws did not return calls and texts seeking comment." Mm. One of the people said that a Republican consultant named Tim Mooney was also part of the effort. The Dallas Morning News reported in 2010 that Mr. Mooney had worked to get the Green Party access to the ballot in Texas. He and Mr. Laws have a history of working together, and were reportedly involved in the 2004 effort to get Ralph Nader on the ballot as an independent candidate. What are these? These are some of the local news. Oh, yeah, Dallas Morning News. There we go. That's what I was talking about. Okay, so they got links to this uh, other newspapers that they kind of uh, are mm. reviewing. GOP consultant in Arizona pulls strings to get Green Party on Texas ballot. And, uh, yeah, hopefully maybe this might be a longer episode. I would like to, before the end of it, review some of the personnel. Mm-hmm. in each of these local chapters because it seems that the local chapters are both very independent and the national board is also very independent and it's, there's a certain amount of um, uh, hyper-individualism that's a part of the Green Party ideology that I think is uh, is a part of this this uh, you know, this uh, practice of sort of like why would you let the Republicans come and get all your signatures? It doesn't seem like like uh, there's very high morale or something. Yeah, <laughs> very high morale. Yeah, I don't know if that's what people that go to the Green Party go for. Um, uh, but yeah, um, should I keep going? Yeah, Mr. yeah. Mr. Mooney has been linked more recently to state ballot measures supported by the president. In a text message, Mr. Mooney denied any involvement, not working for the Greens, he wrote, having collected any candidate signatures for any party this cycle. In Wisconsin, a number of Republican lawyers have been aiding attempts by Mr. Hawkins to get on the ballot, and a Republican member of the State election, uh, what, what? State Elections Commission informally advised the Green Party after the commission's deadlocked along party lines on the question. Mr. Hawkins' bid was rejected last week by the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Mm. I think this was Shade. mentioned on right. um, the Green Party's website, possibly. The Green Party uh, website, the right. GPUSA website, they have posts where they say, like, we mm. are proud to partner with uh, the Libertarian Party to have a lawsuit for uh, ballot access. No. So, uh... of course, they're happy to partner with anyone. <laughs> So that's kind of like, though, like, that's, I mean, that's how it, like, they admit it, basically. It seems like, where's their blog? Here we go. Uh, Green Party, Green Party. Uh, and some good ceasefire. Newsroom, press release, 
Uh, anyway, I can't find it now. But it I was an probably, announcement that they were. Yeah, it would be so hard in the Green Party's getting their ass beat by the Libertarians then that they kept getting blocked by ballot access left and right. But all the same. Well, so, um, a little bit by the Libertarians doing better than Howie Hawkins on 2020. But... Mm-hmm. Okay, do you want to keep reading this? I will. In Wisconsin, a number of Republican lawyers have been aiding attempts for Mr. Hawkins to get on the ballot. A Republican member of state elections commission informally advised the Green Party after the commission deadlocked the long party lines in the question. I already read this. Mr. Hawkins' bill was rejected last week by the Supreme Court. Uh, the Republicans have also been active on the Green Party's behalf, on the Greens' behalf, in Montana this year, where they bankrolled a signature gathering effort to get Green Party candidates on the ballot. In a statement, Spencer Merwin, the executive director of the state Republican Party, said the Montana Republican Party openly supported efforts to create additional options on the ballot box, but state regulators found that the party failed to accurately report its funding and violated state campaign finance law. The Supreme Court rege- recently rejected an effort to keep the candidates on the ballot. There would seem to be little in common between the Green Party and its mission to protect the environment and the GOP with its goals of eliminating environmental re- like regulations. But this trust between the Green Party and Democrats goes back to Mr. Nader and the role he may or may not have played in the titillating 2000 election in favor of George W. Bush. Ugh. Mr. Nader won more than 97,000 votes in Florida in a race where less than 600 votes delivered to the, the state to Mr. Bush. But again, who, is, that's not Al Gore's. That's not Nader's Mr. Fault. Nader, Al yeah, Gore's like Ralph Nader was supposed to like just figure that the Supreme Court and all the Florida apparatus and all the deep state wouldn't be extremely corrupt for the Bush family's machinations over the well, Clintons also, and Gore. Also, Al Gore gave up. Before it was even over. He right. He was going to accept the results before he the He presided election. over his own, like ass kicking like that that didn't age well um <sighs> sometimes republican aid is done without the green party's knowledge uh but sometimes it is over carl romanelli the green party senate candidate in pennsylvania acknowledged receiving financial support from the republicans to help him get on the ballot in 2006 this is a link to a fox news article which is uh, thanks to the generosity of GOP donors, a Green Party candidate is expected to make it onto the ballot in Pennsylvania's Senate race. No. Yeah. Um, so. In 2010, Mr. Mooney helped organize a successful petition drive to get the Green Party on the ballot in the Texas race for governor, along with a Missouri based nonprofit called Take Initiative America. Texas Democrats sued and court documents revealed. Take Initiative America received $532,500 for anonymous donations that they refused to reveal at the time. In the same election, Mike Toomey, a former chief of staff to Rick Perry, the guy who couldn't remember the Department of Energy, that he was going to slash it. Yeah. Then he started wearing glasses and went on Dancing with the Stars. It's very good times for him, I guess. Yeah. yeah uh, Pretty crazy arc in America. Big up to a real one, to a king. Uh, the Republican governor at the time was also linked to an effort to help fund a Green Party ballot petition drive, although it never fully materialized. Yeah. So, uh, let's finish this off. Um, okay. Yeah, go yeah. Ahead. This year, uh, while the Green Party is already on the ballot in the presidential level in Texas, multiple congressional candidates failed to pay the required filing fees, and Democrats sued to have them removed. After the conservative-leaning Texas Supreme Court ruled in favor of the Green Party, the state Democratic Party accused the court of taking actions to benefit their own political party. 
Sometimes the Green Party itself is not only unaware of Republican efforts, but has tried to restrain them. In 2009, the party filed a lawsuit in Florida to determine who had arranged for five unknown candidates to appear on the Green Party what? line. Wow. What? That's great. How did... Yeah. So these people ran as Greens, but Whatever. the Green Party didn't know they were doing it. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Brian G. Meyer, a Florida elections lawyer who handled the case for the party, said they found that a Republican operative recruited a bunch of college student-age people some waitresses and college kids, and paid them qualify, paid their qualifying fees. Asked about ballot uh, chicanery, Mr. Hawkins said, these people play these games and they are just hacks for the two parties. He tried to distinguish his party and its years of history, and uh, this is his time to shine. Uh, he tried to distinguish his own party and its years of history and organizing from Mr. West's candidacy. I tweeted at some point that Kanye West is a Republican dirty trick, he said. If Roger Stone didn't do it, he wished he did, he added, referring to the longtime political advisor to Mr. Trump and self-proclaimed master of dirty political tricks. Mr. Stone was convicted of seven felonies in 2019, but his sentence was commuted by the president earlier this year. Mr. Hawkins has referred to his candidacy as a second front against Trump. Sure. But said... I'm not going to shame people for settling for Biden if they're really concerned about Trump, but I'm not advocating that vote. Surprisingly, it would be the libertarian candidate in Republican-leading states like Arizona that would deliver the win to Biden. Um, also, Georgia. Uh, so. Yeah, I think it's an interesting question. I think that, uh, okay, first of all, I didn't like them using like Kanye West as this kind of like punchline. Yeah. Not cool. I don't like that they list everyone's criminal record after they are mentioned just because they're Republican. At New York Crimes, come on, like Iraq War, you really you're gonna talk, you're gonna yeah, throw the criminal record of the New York Crimes. Um, yeah, and, come on. And their uh, editorial board of uh, murderers over there jumping around Julian Assange's grave after profiting off of all of his uh, risk taken in journalism. Jeez, come on, no shame, no shame. Paper of note. Yes, and so I think it's very easy to to uh, smear an activist grassroots group as a as cat's paw. Mm. So I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna do that because I think people say that about DSA. People say that about uh, mm -hmm. uh, the Zapatistas. Even I think there's there's a Mexican politician saying the Zapatistas were just to distract from the pan takeover or whatever. Yeah. I don't believe that. I, I think that's complete BS. And it's yeah. easy just to shoehorn things in but i think that this is a concerning pattern of receiving republican support pretty much a gotcha coming from the new york crimes yeah i don't think the psyop is inherently pro-republican i mean i think that there's a sense in which um in democrat dominated areas having this kind of uh uh you know kind of drainage system for people at the radical margins to go over to the Green Party to kind of, you know, protects the Democrats in a way, possibly. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the PSYOP is. I don't know what the, the trick is, but there's something very vaguely defined about the Green Party. And uh, I think we're, we can get into the history in a minute. Uh, but basically, they it started as a bunch of study groups, which were named Committees of Correspondence, because during the American Revolution, this these 
they had clubs called committees of correspondence that like talked to each other. And but you know being like pro American Revolution, that's kind of a suspicious ideological origin, and it it's a totally independent origin from the European Green Parties, which grew up in different circumstances, and it doesn't seem like they have that much uh, exchange. Uh, there's definitely some potential dirty tricks going on in Latin America with the Green Party, and uh, we're going to get into those eventually. Hmm. Uh, what what order do you want to handle this in? Do you have an article you want to read? Um, I kind of wanted to just like talk about uh, the Illinois Green Party a little bit. Okay. Uh, you want to do that after we talk about uh, just sort of the broad history? Yeah, the, I think that that would work better. The global Green Party, and then we can we can hit Illinois for the crescendo, the climax for sure of the pod. Yeah. Yes, I'm just trying to spare the viewers my hacking cough in their ears yeah. by hitting the manual mute button in time. Uh, for sure. Always wondering about, like, you know, your lungs. Uh, they made it this long. Waiting for you. Thing. Yeah. yeah, so that's, look, There's this is, like, not, some of this stuff is in local newspapers that are, uh, this stuff that's real Russia stuff is all WAPO, New York Times, but uh, Dallas yeah. Morning News. Mm. Kind of an investigative report. Yeah. Uh, Washington Monthly. I've never heard of this publication. Uh, mm-hmm. Seems to be kind of Democrat mouthpiece. You know, I think that this really speaks to the dynamic that we're hoping to highlight, which is that the Green Party, by and large, its activists, its candidates, are genuine, authentic agents uh, for the politics that they espouse. Um, the party, it's the Green Party, its infrastructure, its framework, its branding, its name, um, has, uh, you know, an arm in my mind. Um, and what New York Times is trying to articulate uh, or, or demonstrate is that right wing forces, um, especially organized uh, in party politics of the Republican Party, um, but just in general, right-wing forces and its operatives have used the Green Party as a vehicle to uh, railroad any agenda opposing their own right-wing agenda. Um, uh, you know, it, whether it's that to block, you know, as the New York Times credits the Green Party with blocking Gore, I think a lot more went into that. But, um, you know, as terms as far as a narrative that would serve against leftist politics and the ramp up to a massive war on terror that you know would be um that would happen after 9 11. um you know i certainly felt that in my high school years um there was kind of like a backlash to to naderism to green to 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 left this pushback because uh, the nation was at war. There was war on terror. Oh my God, 9-11. Dixie Chicks are canceled. Right, Dixie Chicks. Dicks, Dicks, wow, Dixie Chicks eh, got canceled. And um, Ashamed that Bush is from Texas. Right, yeah. Which he's not, he's from Massachusetts. So, like, there's that. Um, but he was the governor of Texas. Yeah. That's where he went to uh, Andover. Right? Yeah, when yeah, he's from Connecticut, right? No. Well, they're Yaleys. They went to Yale in Connecticut. My bad. Okay. You know, he's a New England boy. New Englander. Yeah. Stunting as a Texan. 
All Let's right. Just well, text them. yeah, here's here's something. So, okay, I was not basically, as you mentioned, I felt the Gore situation was more complicated. Yeah. All right. Uh, I felt that this guy making this guy the scapegoat of Bush's crimes when the Democrats all went along with them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, but there there is something. So I was originally somewhat resistant to trying to criticize the Green Party, but uh, seeing the party structure, it has a certain um, there's a certain naivete in in this. Uh, not no naivete is the wrong word. I don't want to say naivete. I take that back. Let's delete that listener. Mm-hmm. Pretend you didn't hear that viewer. Pretend you didn't see my lips moving. Oh my god! I regret it. There's this. If you follow the struggle in the Green Party. It seems that a faction which was committed to grassroots activism and anarchism and the horizontalism was suppressed and that they primarily focused on this electoralism while being anti-electoral in in their in some respect. There's a certain like contrarianism, you know, that 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 is 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 going on here you know there's something going on here i'm just going to tell you the facts now about what the green party is mm-hmm. and and we're gonna just just process it together jose sounds great oh a first of all there's not the green party there's a green party yeah and uh a green party is a formally organized political party based on the principles of green politics such as social justice environmentalism and nonviolence. yeah Greens believe that these issues are inherently related to one another as a foundation for world peace. Green Party platforms typically embrace social democratic economic policies and form coalitions with other left-wing parties. Green parties exist in nearly 90 countries around the world. Many are members of Global Greens. And uh, uh, when, awesome. you, when you get... So that is, though, like... <laughs> kind of like pretty vague right so there's like the green party there's no the green party there's a bunch if you want to form a green party yeah then you can and it just is defined in terms of its affiliation to other green parties Mm -hmm. but it's a green party right off the bat so that i mean illustrates i mean it seems like this this form of extremely loose affiliation perhaps somehow matches with the uh kind of uncontrolled outcomes in these elections where they've got Republicans supporting them or even running uh, straw candidates in their name, you know? Uh, yep. Um, there's a India, what you call it, um, India Times article here that kind of goes into that. It's kind of timely from just four days ago. Okay, you want to read it out loud? Sure. Um, and maybe we'll share this in show notes or something. Uh, this article is from the India Times. Uh, the article's titles explained how Green Party is changing the landscape of world politics from Zoya Hussein. This was updated on May 13th, 2022. Um, Green parties, once considered radical outsiders, have steadily asserted a position in modern politics, particularly in Europe. Greens had already advanced from single-issue environmental groups to broad-based political parties having the capability of dominating elections and representing at the highest levels of government across the globe. According to experts with climate change a crucial concern and mainstream parties having lost support to different alternatives, Greens are in a better position than ever to play a larger role. 
What is a Green Party? A Green Party. Hi. Green political groups are a component of a larger social movement that want to reshape society in more sustainable and considerate directions. According to Green Party followers, their environmental problems started with criticisms of nuclear power and since then have grown to also include global warming, pollution, and industrial agriculture. There are approximately 80 full-fledged Green Parties as per the Global Greens Network. They are frequently cover wider but associated social and economic matters. The majority of Green Parties have pledged to four core elements, environmental sustainability, grassroots democracy, social equity, and nonviolence. Green platforms typically include opponents to war and the arms industry, particularly nuclear weapons. Skepticism about international trade agreements and consumerist industrialist civilization a preference for decentralized decision-making and regionalism, and a commitment to social justice, financial and racial equality, and women's empowerment. Okay. Um, so, okay. Uh, first off, I don't think there's anything wrong no. with um, having an activist group that unites around actions rather yeah. than a platform or an ideology or whatever. And that's all good stuff to oppose war. Uh, one of the things that concern me is that the west german green party they yeah. had a nato general as one of their uh anti-war activists who is quite a leader let's what? see wow this. so these are the contradictions i'm talking about which yeah. which are very of the marxist contradiction which is that they're a contradiction between what people say and what they do yeah. and and why why so let's see this uh german green party yeah So the Green Party was founded in West Germany as Dia Grünen, the Greens. Hmm. And uh, let's see here, where's the chat? Gert Bastian. So the formation of a party was purportedly first discussed by movement leaders in 1978. Important figures in the first years were, among others, Petra Kelly, who believed in having an anti-party party, mm -hmm. uh, and this guy, Gert Bastian, who was like a woke general. Woke general from NATO. From NATO. So. Imperialism. Uh, Nazi. Maybe. Not. Nah. That's kind and of I, a, I think that's, that's that's a, oh whoa 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 he is a Nazi oh my god I'm sorry no he fought on the Eastern Front oh okay apparently. I'm sorry okay my bad I mean maybe I mean so that it says military allegiance to Nazi Germany oh. it's like oh my god come on no come on yeah well he fought for the Nazis in the World War Two so I don't know what his ideological commitment was like I said I don't really research this stuff ahead of time I'm just saying one of the Green Party founders was a Nazi. A oh. NATO Nazi. Ah, ah. So there, in 1992, the decomposing bodies of Bastian and Kelly, and uh, Petra Kelly is the the anti-party intellectual, the one who believed in the anti-party. They were discovered in the bedroom of their house in Bonn by police officials after they received okay. a call from both Bastian's wife and Kelly's grandmother, who reported they had not heard from either Bastian or Kelly for a few weeks. Police asserted that Kelly was shot dead while sleeping by Bastian, who then killed himself. 
Police estimated the deaths had most likely occurred on the 1st of October, but the exact time. So, again, you have this connection in the German Green Party mm. to the uh, the government of West Germany, which is a highly ideological body, right, to the NATO, to the EU, and, uh, you know, uh, this, this activist general who he didn't want nuclear weapons in uh, Bavaria. Okay. So he became a Christian Democrat, which I don't know too much about the Christian Democrats. I think in Germany, isn't that? Um... But in Chile, the Christian Democrats were like the real sellouts who took shitloads of money to try to undermine Allende. Ah, awful! And I think that's Merkel's party, isn't it? The Christian Democrats. Yeah. Yeah. So his he was in the Bundeswehr. He was a lieutenant. He was promoted in 1962 to the position of general staff officer. Uh, so he was a lieutenant on the Eastern Front. In World War II, he served on the Eastern Front. He was wounded by a bullet in the right arm and in the head by a grenade fragment. So, yeah. you know, some I don't I don't know what his war record was, how he ideologically was. The Christian Democrats would have been. So in the 1950s, he was a Christian Democrat, which would have been the more conservative party, I think, mm. in Germany at least. And then in 1983, he became a German Green Party. And then he's found uh, in a murder-suicide with the co-founder, Petra Kelly. And um, so the Petra Kelly uh, they did a weird protest in East Germany where the East German authorities ran out and started to arrest them, but then the Green Party explained that they were like protesting to keep the nukes out of Germany, and then the East German authorities let them go. But uh, yeah, it would have been good if I could have researched this ahead of time and like read her writings about mm-hmm. what does the anti party party mean. She was 44. She was still young, forming ideas. He was 69. Bastian was married at the time, so there was something, uh, who knows what exactly was going on with the general the woke general who wanted to get the nukes out of um, west germany weird guy so let's look at let me see the green the russians uh, uh, um i also wanted to bring up how uh the left is united in france with the green party um there's an editorial from the guardian that i um i could also read from yes let me just show you uh brazil yes right that's shady business uh so marina silva uh was someone who was the green party candidate and ran against the uh the partido trabajadores partido trabajadores do brazil right and dilma rousseff who basically kind of got cooed by the right wing right and that coup kind of put bolsonaro on the track and so there is a Nader-like allegation against Marina Silva, right? Uh, that she kind of spoiled that election, right? Like the Green Party again, perhaps being built up as a vehicle to, um, you know, have a more a vehicle to absorb all of the leftist messaging and policy posturings, but ultimately make an opening for a radical right. To come in and subvert any liberal uh, middle. Um, yeah. I mean. 
So it says here, yeah, she was, so Silva was a member of Partido exactly de what happened to Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. I think pretty much it's like, because there's a, I mean, I'm, yeah, I think the Green Party is, is co-opting, uh, like, very popular leftist causes mm-hmm. for an explicitly non-ideological anti-party party that, to me, it means that they're running these elections. Oftentimes, uh, there's some of their stuff that I checked out earlier was, like, Originally, they they were so hard against campaign finance that they believed in like voluntarily limiting their own donations to their own candidates. So they they like said we won't accept donations bigger than a uh, hundred dollars or whatever. Something like that. Weird. So I guess Bernie kind of had that emerge organically that his average donation was like twenty seven dollars. Yeah. Right? Beautiful. Uh, that just happened organically. But this was like a policy to self-limit donations. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of performance art. Um, and the end goal is to say that I'm a better leftist than you, that I will bring about revolutionary change through the electoral process in a more authentic, genuine, and impactful way. Um, I don't know if that's I think there's saying. power in the performance, and I think there is uh, you know, power in the authenticity of its uh, candidates and... and uh, and campaigns um and certainly it's uh it's activists but uh you know ultimately i think that you know there are other types of agents that have been using the green party as a vehicle to saboteur to absorb and to make room uh to uh i mean push out leftist causes from the electoral sphere um and uh you know, by sucking up um that kind of um yeah that you know those viable yeah I voters. think there's like a sponge effect there's kind of a sponge effect yeah. where the those without a strong political home they can gravitate to the Green Party yeah. which stands for uh eco socialism which is actually like a specific awesome. thing like yeah. it sounds good right like a socialism's good yeah. Uh, ecology is good, so eco-socialism is just like socialism, but you're really ecological. Yeah. And actually, for the Green Party wrote what they mean, and they wrote that it's like uh, it's based on Proton's ideas of having a mutual, mutualist economy that there would be state enterprises that provide most things, and then you would have small businesses, and uh, uh, that that who there would be entrepreneurs and workers and wage relations but you would just have a lot of like uh uh state run public enterprises and so i mean it doesn't sound too bad but it's definitely quite different from what marxists see socialism as you know mm-hmm. yeah but let's let's just go through real quick this th- i feel like this is kind of damning about marina silva yeah she was a member of partido trafalladores until 2009 and she was a senator and then in 2010, she changed over to the Green Party. And she got 19% in the first round, which is a pretty significant chunk for a multi-party election, you know. Yeah. And uh, then she ran in the Socialist Party, which was another party that was considered to be sort of a spoiler party by some, as I understand it. Man, I'm going to get roasted on Twitter for this. But you can roast me. I'm the one who said it. Hmm. You know, don't roast your show account, roast my personal account. But anyway, this this is kind of, I mean, I think it, so she won the Goldman Environmental Prize. What is that? Apparently the Goldman Sachs. 
And then there's a picture of Nancy Pelosi. So. Oh, here's Nancy Pelosi at the Goldman Environmental Prize. So this is the Goldman Families Prize. Richard N. Goldman. He founded the the company Goldman Insurance and Risk. So this is the Goldman Sachs Environmental Award, which was awarded to uh, uh, Marina Silva of the Green Party of Brazil, who kind of defected. Nancy Pelosi, everyone's favorite leftist. Yeah, yeah, helping the Brazilian Green Party. Yeah. Well, there is a certain confluence of factors that I think is more than what you could. Uh, the podcast police are here to arrest us for the cringe. Yeah, for cringe. Yeah, they yeah, do post a lot of it. It's fire. So, did you want to share something before we go on? Um, there's this editorial from uh, The Guardian about a newly united French left beyond the fragments of the last June election. What is going on with my neighbors? That's on the block over. We're very sorry, listeners, if you have sensitive ears. We have all the windows closed. We're doing our best. We are doing our best. But we do are reporting from Chicago, Illinois, which is, you know. Often uh, on fire. Yeah, it's often on fire and often doing pretty crazy stuff. I hope everyone's okay. Yeah, if we have to evacuate. Uh, we will live stream it for you people. Yeah. For sure. Um, cool. So, uh, yeah, did you want to get into your Guardian editorial? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I think that we see that there was some, some funny business in Brazil. Um, even if most of it, you know, came off organically authentic, uh, the larger clandestine agents creating these dynamics. Well, uh, she also switched to the Socialist Party, which is sort of another mm-hmm. competitor, at least to the PT, the Lula's Party. Yeah, so could have just been uh, agents as well. Could have just been the Green Party accidentally finding you know, themselves being used again. Um, here we have uh, in the recent election, this is the, Gar- uh, the Guardian view on the newly united French left beyond the fragments. This is an opinion piece from the Guardian's editorial team. A common slate of candidates for June's legislative elections can help progressive forces make their voices count. Uh, In 1936, during the first heady months of France's new popular front government, a Parisian schoolteacher coined the phrase that symbolized the hopes invested in it. Tout is possible. Everything is possible, wrote Marc Hugh Pervert. In an editorial, that's what I said. Uh, Right, that's what I said. In in an editorial for the Socialist Party newspaper of the time, a fascism overwhelmed the continent. As fascism overwhelmed the continent, corporations hated that. It proved a tragically over-optimistic assessment. Divided over how to respond to the threat, by 1938, the left-wing coalition of socialists and communists governing the country had fractiously fallen apart. Okay, my God, where are you going with this, guys? The challenges facing the contemporary French left pale somewhat in comparison. But they also have to do with problems of unity, or the lack of it. And with the growing popularity popularity of the modern far-right, right, the growing popularity... 
The absence of a united front in the recent presidential race led once to more to dispiriting defeat and, in the case of the Socialist Party candidate and Hidalgo, outright humiliation. Representing the traditional party of the center-left, Ms. Hidalgo scored a mere 1.75 percent. Wait, I, I, wait, wait, wait. I, I, uh, here, don't put your elbow on the table. Yeah. If you move, it'll shake the mic. Again. Sorry, guys. Sorry, our listeners. It was, which party is Mélenchamp part of? Uh, what you call it? Uh, um, yeah, uh, June Luc Mélenchon. 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 What's his party's Mélenchon. name? Like John Mélenchon. Jean Luc Mélenchon. Uh. I think he scolded someone from the south of France for speaking French wrong. Oh, so he's part of this. He was, uh, he joined the Socialist Party. What did he run as? La France Insoumise is a democratic socialist left-wing political party. So since 2016, the the left, the well-known leftist uh, French candidate uh, mm-hmm. has been part of the party La France Insoumise. And so, uh, I don't agree with the Guardian's characterization of the Socialist Party as the mm-hmm. leading French center-left party. It seems like this this guy Mel- Mélenchon, you've heard a lot. Uh, yeah, what's his party now? His party now is is uh, I think it's a party that he created called the France Insoumise. La France Insoumise, Democratic Socialist Left Wing Populist Party of France. Wow, good job. Launched in 2016 by Jean-Luc Mélenchon. 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 Sorry. And um, a member of the European mm. Parliament. Yeah. And a former co-president. Oh, this is also an eco-socialist program. They're also about an eco-socialist program. Yeah, maybe it makes sense well, that they would I don't know. partner with the Greens. Do all eco-socialists work with the... I don't, I don't think that La France Insoumise partners with the Greens. Uh, do all so, eco-socialists... Well, I think that's what this is about. I think that's Okay, yeah, let's, let's get into it. Because yeah. the Greens perform marginally better, 4.6%, but only the most radical candidate, right, Jean-Luc Mélenchon, made a fight of it. Campaigning on a hard left and markedly Eurosceptic platform, Mr. Mélenchon almost matched Marianne Le Pen's score in the first round. Some more moderate supporters voted for him and, on, and the only left-wing candidate with a realistic chance of success. Something had to be done about the latest disappointment and was done with surprising rapidity. Ahead of next month's legislative elections, a new popular union has been agreed which will run a common slate of left-wing candidates. The lion's share of seats will be contested by Mr. Melotron's La France Insoumise party, with Green and Socialist candidates fighting most of the rest. Current polls suggest that the New People's Ecologist and Social Union, NUPIS, has a good chance of becoming the main opposition uh, to President Emmanuel Macron's centric bloc in the National Assembly. In a political landscape divided almost equally between the left and center and the right, the consolidation of the progressive vote is overdue. But this fragile coalition has been formed almost entirely on Mr. Mellotron's terms. Uh, I think that's fair, though. 
In Paris, for example, which has remained a bastion of the socialists, Miss Hidalgo's colleagues will be allowed to contest only two of 20 seats. Senior socialist figures such as former French president Francois Hollande have voiced, dismay, have voiced dismay at a common program that pledges to ignore Brussels' rules on debt and deficits. And other, oh, other... wait, see, there's your problem. Yeah, Francois Hollande was yeah. hated, uh-huh. hated. And the fact, that, the fact that he was running with the Socialist Party, that discredits the Socialist Party. Somewhere. Wow. So I think it, it does show that the, the Socialist Party kind of had a bit of a spoiler role. And the... the um, Green Party seems like it had a bit of a spoiler role there. Mm-hmm. And uh, to say that, uh, I think like there's been this extensive gentrification of Paris. Mm-hmm. So to say that, like, oh, neglecting Paris is uh, is somehow against socialism nowadays, it seems like definitely in the countryside, you know, in the 18th Brumaire, you know, the peasants all voted in the favor of Napoleon. Yeah, right, but, pick uh, Napoleon. That's why I have Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, so already that shows back then that there's this big electoral base out in the countryside, and nowadays it's probably even more like that. Jeez. So, um, well, yeah, I mean, like, Holland is not happy about this, but maybe that's to this coalition's benefit. Um, Other policies include reintroducing the wealth tax, abolishing Mr. Macron's first term, lowering the retirement age to 60, and a price freeze to address the cost of living crisis. So, I mean, it sounds pretty populist stuff. That that program is from Mélenchon. That's Mélenchon's, uh, yeah, the program that they're pushing. This new coalition It is a radical agenda, some of which is at odds with the center left campaigned for only a few weeks ago. His rivals, having performed so poorly, Mr. Mélenchon has the socialists and Greens over a barrel as they seek to salvage something from the wreckage. But it will require impressive diplomatic skills to hold a new grouping together, and it's not clear that La France and Soumise's leader possesses them. Mr. Mélenchon's is a charismatic but polarizing figure whose Euroscepticism and hostility to French membership of NATO may be difficult for his new allies to swallow. Divisions may therefore be prepared over rather than uh, papered over rather than resolved, but the popular union is nevertheless a positive development. The presidential election campaign was notable for a stark rightward drift in relations to race and immigration in particular. As twin economic and environmental crises are confronted, French democracy needs a left that can make its progress, progressive voice count in the public square. It may be a rocky ride to come, but a necessary first step has been taken to achieve that. So the Guardian is applauding this. Maybe we should be worried. I don't know. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm glad that you uh you came out against the the Guardian's editorial posture. I'm, I'm often quite because I was a big fan of the Guardian when I was first on Facebook and stuff because they they just keep coming out with these leftist kind of chum for the shares. But when it, when the chips are down, you know, you see that they come out with these you know ridiculous yeah. Positions. Right. And it seems that they're kind of trying to say Melon Sean is not sufficiently uh, equipped to lead this uh, new coalition of power. Well, they kind of put well, which is like the coalition is is these other parties mm-hmm. that are also like uh, like the socialists and the Greens who have like one percent and like four percent. You're talking you're talking about like maybe six percent, not even. A- but that might be the edge that puts this leftist coalition, um, you know, over the hard right as the main antagonist to, uh, to um, 
this neoliberal center. So I think I think I misspoke earlier uh, when I said that eco-socialism is inherently sort of a market uh, socialist thing. I, I, it sounds like there's a lot of debate in within the greens within the uh, within the eco-socialist movement. So I don't mean to condemn them. I haven't read this eco-socialist manifesto, for instance. Yeah, and uh, I'm a big fan of the uh, uh, Sylvia Federici's book, and she's she's an eco-socialist. Cool. But let's let's look a bit at the origins of the Green Party in the United States, and maybe because yeah. I think we've seen a few examples throughout the world of them spoiling. Oh wait, we got to look at the example in Mexico of right. what the Green Party did in Mexico, the crucible of the Americas. Yeah. Hmm. So, alliances often highlight strategic differences between participating in parties and advancing the values of the Green Movement. For instance, Greens became allied with center-right parties to oust the center-left ruling Institutional Revolutionary Party of Mexico. Wow, uh, wow right there. So, the Green Party sent partner with the PAN to oust the PRI. And the PAN led that. Our old friend Cabeza de Vaca. Maybe we'll, we'll release... Some yeah. of the Cabeza de Vaca archive yeah. only as well. You're gonna have your, your pro fossil fuel empire green party people out there. This That'd is the, the filibustero contingent, the ones that are eager for Ted Cruz to send his armed police yeah. into Mexico to, you know, uh clean up the cartels competing with the governor. Oh, Nader, what are you doing? Ralph Nader, the 2000 presidential nominee of the don't. U.S. Greens campaign with ultra-conservative Pat Buchanan on joint issues such as foreign policy and bans on corporate funding of election campaigns. Why'd you do it? But although this alliance between Nader and Buchanan was very specifically limited to the purpose of showing that there was broad support for certain specific issues across political spectrum. Okay, that was pretty good. I think that this, the Greens PSYOP is bigger than just spoiling elections i think there's also an aspect of spoiling discourse mm-hmm. because this idea is so toxic that that there's some kind of common ground between a ultra right winger like pat buchanan mm-hmm. and an environmentalist because what they both want to have uh, a specific change made to the farm subsidies or whatever i mean right. it's, it's like uh like that's not like that you're it's like if you and me uh in, you know, it's like you and, and your ultimate foe incidentally both want to go and grab a knife, so you should, like, work together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? That is pretty much what I see the Green Party doing with the Libertarians, I guess. It's my issue. Your analogy, exactly. With the Libertarians, and I think there's there's quite a racist strain in the in, in, uh, in, the, in the U.S. Green Party, yes. The Ecologist Green Party of Mexico. Yes. Uh, Where are they? And I think that there's there's some real astroturf environmentalism in in some of these, in Venezuela and in Korea's country, that that is all about a uh... yeah. So let's see where does it say something about the pawn anti LGBT rights faction. Okay. Wow. Pro death not... penalty campaign. Yikes. Partido Verde de de Mexico. Mexico no, Partido Verde Ecologico de Mexico. Uh, initiated an advertising campaign in favor of reintroducing the death penalty. That's green. Yeah. 
Yeah, because that's what Mexico needs, more uh, systemized death. So this led to the European Green Party's withdrawal of recognition of the PBBM as <laughs> a Green Party. Cool. And which is not probably not relevant to their mission of being a right-wing party. Yeah. No, so actually, Mexico they would the want that European back party. Probably just not from the lefty European. Oh, this is look. McClatch, what's McClatchy? Isn't that something? For Mexico's ecologist Green Party, green means mostly means money, not environment. Sí. Las tortugas necesitan salvavidas. Yeah. You want you want to check this one out? Yeah, sure. Um. Uh, I'm gonna make it a little yeah. bigger. No problem. Ah, it's fine. All right. The Ecologist Green Party of Mexico is in your garden variety group advocating recycling and mass transportation. It's swimming in cash, ideologically flexible, and tainted by scandal. And, okay, and at, it plays an outside, outsized world in the campaign that's leading up to this country's presidential election July 1st. Wait, what year is this? Right, what year is this? Uh, 2012. 2012. Okay. So what, what election was Oh, it's going up to Pena uh, Calderon's on his way out. Peña Nieto's on his way in. Um, oh, for one thing, it's in a coalition with the PRI. Yeah. Oh, with the PRI. So they wanted they wanted to switch from the PAN to the PRI. So uh, yeah, they're just a little counterweight there for the the super rich. Let's see if like PAN I, is in like the... I suspected. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, so oh, here we go. So, Two thousand support that? PAN candidate coalition alliance for change. 2006 support pre-candidate coalition <laughs> alliance for Mexico. Poor Calderon, man. No one. 2012 support pre-candidate commitment to Mexico. There you go. 2018 support pre-candidate everyone for Mexico. You see? AMLO haters right there. What about AMLO? Nope. Nope. See? They're AMLO haters. Vicente Fox, who started this genocide war. I think war. he's just... Like, Vicente Fox must be some like something else in those negotiating rooms. All these crazy people. Pro death penalty, anti LGBT. Yeah. Um, right. Oh, well, we're still reading the. During an interview, PVEM candidate Gamaliel oh. Ramirez verbally attacked openly gay candidate from Guadalajara. Mayor called for criminal laws against homosexuality. In the following days, Ramirez issued a written apology. While the, plan, the party has pledged to support LGBT rights issues, its three representatives abstained from a vote on Mexico City granting legal recognition of same-sex couples and opposed the legalization oh. of same-sex marriage. Wow, they have three representatives. Uh, okay. You know what? Yeah, uh, you want to keep reading the article? For sure. I, I kind of want to read about the accusations. Oh, yeah, no, let's do that. Nepotism. Uh, appointed his son to former leaders in supporting the political and business agenda of Mexican businessmen. Victor Gonzalez Torres, owner of Farmacia Similar, drugstore franchising, Gonzalez Martinez's uncle. Whoa. Um, Farmacia Similar's drugstore franchise, Victor Gonzalez Torres. And they're supporting a bit, so they're like sponsored by Romanian one businessman. Yeah, the Romanian PAV is Quintana Rue removed its leader, Jose de la Peña Ruiz de Chavez, for his relationship with the Romanian. Mafia, like from Italy, on February 10, 2021. Oh, okay. 
I thought because of the mafia. I'm sorry. The Congress of, mm-hmm. the, of Quintana Roo is the legislature of Quintana Roo, a state of Mexico. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. TVM, they removed Jose de la Peña Ruiz de Chavez, but he kept his position. Mm. Jose Luis, Jonathan Young, former public secretary, security director in Cancun. Ooh, that's shady. Not a very secure city. Yeah. Has been implicated. De la Peña Ruiz de Chavez. I would have won that title. Is said to also have ties to Leticia Rodriguez, Lara, Doña Letty, leader of the Cancun drug cartel. Okay. Un- so unlawful political advertising in, uh, in movie theaters. Movie theater. Didn't do that. Miguel Angel Toscano. Dos años de escándalos sanitarios en la cofepris. Mm. Uh, what is cofepris? El exitura de la cofepris no solo enfrentó. Oh, ley semi, una reforma al tercer parágrafo del artículo 91 del IMFS que permite al Instituto entregar vales a los derechohabientes para... Can- okay, I yeah. can't understand all this, but it, it appears oh. to be that this is some kind of law that benefits this this guy, the, the pharmacy lord, this Don Simi. Right, it's saying that it's going to get people cheaper drugs, but it's also giving the pharm- his pharmacy a real nice fat subsidy. So that's kind of nice for him. And uh, this More cheap drugs for him. The uh, uncle of Jorge Emilio Gonzalez, who right. kind of looks like a dead-eyed psycho. Yeah, so, I mean, so there are real... You know what? This is the, the most formidable we've seen the Green Party, though, thus far. They got themselves some elected officials, and they're in the drug game in Mexico. I mean, that's real formidable political players, not like what they're doing in the America, in the U.S., so, yeah, okay, oh, his I was right. His grandfather, but... Emilio Martinez Manatu, was PRI congressman and governor of Tamaulipas. Presidential hopeful. Shady bastard. Oh. Governor of Tamaulipas? Jesus. Video scandals were scandals in Mexico in 2004 when videos of prominent politicians taken. Oh, that's so. That's cool, dude. We should check these out hmm. on the stream sometime. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so there's a bit of a spoiler effect. It seems like here, yeah, uh, the Mexican Green Party is a uh, right wing party. They lost European recognition. Did they lose the North American recognition? Yeah, it doesn't seem like they hang out. Um, or maybe that's why um, the Green Party in America lets themselves get used by the Republican Party. If that's the gambit, they see that the Democrats, you know, the the money elite, um, is their real enemy. You know, um, that would be the pre, you know, pre pan, and then after the pan, after we sent the fox, uh, they would be back with the pre, and with the U.S., you know, it seems like uh, during Clinton, you know, they had to, they made that gambit to go all in, you know, on working with republic on Republican rural issues, pouring around with Pat Buchanan, who's like the yeah. Has extreme right wing views. I think that segregationist psycho. Very racist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, if we're going to crap on Joe Biden having, you know, dinner with the guy, you know, the kind of guy who would hang out with Joe Biden. Yeah. That's exactly what Buchanan is. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, Joe? He's great. (laughs) Jeff Sessions level. Oh, no. Come on. Come on. Come on. So, um, there's less. Do you want to go back to that article about uh, Mexico? Or... Yeah, I think that thing, yeah. it's pretty This fair. one seems kind of McClatchy. I don't know. Everybody was happy with Peña Nieto because he brought back the normal. Sorry, I had to pause it.
Oh, there you go. I'm just going to start reading. All right. Uh, and it plays an outsized role in the campaign that's leading this country's presidential election. Uh, for one thing, it's a coalition with an induced, uh, institutional revolutionary party, the odds on favor to recapture the presidency, and may form part of the next government. Environmental advocates say the Mexican party hijacked the green label and has leveraged its growth by association and the global green party movement. Politicians from green parties hold elected positions in 25 countries, largely in Europe, but also in Asia, Africa, and the Americas. The truth is, is that there is nothing green about this party. It is not interested in the environment, said Araceli Dominguez, the head of the Maya Ecologist uh, Group in Mexico's Yucatan region. They've never worked with us on campaigns. Yeah, so that's, that's something also to highlight is that the green party has uh chapters only in some european countries only in uh mm. uh oh no actually i guess they had one in france i wonder when that one in france was founded whether it was very recently yeah it seemed like their real strong ties were to uh australia and new zealand and mm-hmm. the uk and ireland and germany was the only yeah i wonder which oligarchs were behind all that uh, I would want to know which oligarchs, which business was thinking of being a green anti-nuclear business. In France? Yeah. Maybe the nuclear That's industry itself. Maybe, in my we'll, maybe we can do a follow-up episode after a little I, I think that the nuclear industry was just out trying to sniff out who were the crazy environmentalists around the world that would sabotage the nuclear business, but uh, that's that's me being paranoid. There could be an element of that, I yeah. think. Maybe. I mean, started with, you know, they got started with a Nazi German, that NATO guy, but... Uh, the NATO um, killer. Yeah. yeah. I have to specify it's a German Nazi because now there's Ukrainian and Russian Nazis. So I'm like, man, there's both always sides. been American Nazis. Uh, but yeah. Oh. Bad people on both sides. Yeah. Good people on both sides as well. A lot of fine people, unless they were Nazis. Um, Petra Kelly. Yeah, you're kind of piquing my interest in, in, in Petra Kelly again. But let's, let's read. Let's keep reading the article. The article. Yeah. Okay, I don't think that even went on the screen. I don't think it changed on this. Hmm. Uh, where is the article? Oh, sorry. I want to. I need to get some of this Cook County money, man. People keep asking me if I'm gonna get in on this, and I'm always feeling like a damn fool for not doing it. Get your bag. Yeah, man. I need. I need that money. You deserve it. All right. Uh, All the right. truth is, there's nothing. Uh, even illiterate voters can recognize party symbol on the ballot. A toucan with a huge yellow and red bill. The party's ads are ever present, including at movie theaters as lead-ins before feature presentations. Yeah, that's shady. Shouldn't do that. Imagine having to open every movie with like George Bush's face telling you to join the army. Sing the national. Oh, wait a minute. Movies are very popular in, in Mexico as well. They had a pretty independent film industry that was produced a lot of classics. Maybe we could watch them for a yeah, man. culture episode sometime. I mean, it's kind of like the thing to do. You just go to the show, get lit, have a good time. Sounds fun. Uh, one of the most surprising propositions of the Ecological Green Party of Mexico, known by its Spanish initials as the PVEM, is it the ban to reinstate the death penalty that's a way to cut crime. So that's a real fun position. The position led European Green parties to sever ties with the Mexican group in 2009, declaring they could no longer consider the PVEM a member of the Green political family. 
Mexico Green Party has zigzagged since it emerged. In 1986, as one time or another, lending support to leftist, centrist, and center-right parties. Instead of ideology, what knits the party are friendships and clan ties to its founder, Jorge González Torres, who led it from the late 1980s to 2001, and to his son, Jorge Emiliano Gonza Emilio González, who's widely known by the moniker Green Boy. Green Boy. That's pretty cool. Green Boy. In the early days... <laughs> wait, wait. Uh, one thing I want to say, though, is that um, when we do get to the history of the U.S. Green Party and their split from the Greens USA, mm -hmm. um, it's going to come up that they, like, sue each other over um, trademark uh, infringement and stuff. Right. So if they wanted to make a point out of uh, of of this death penalty issue, they could sue the Mexican Green Party. I think in Mexico probably, or or challenge. You know, they could do more than issue this this sort of weak statement. The TVM is no longer a member of the Green political family. You know. Yeah, yeah. If Green Party USA really wanted to get and the, you know. I think they should do that. I think they should sue Green Party Mexico. If Green Party, I mean, Mexico's already going to sue America for their guns. You know, Green Party USA needs a win, and they need a win. They should see the, you know, pro death penalty Green Party over here. But um, I, I'm not sure if the U.S. Green Party has lo has lodged any uh, objection whatsoever. Yeah, maybe they're as pro. As I can tell. Maybe they're 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 just they're testing the winds, waiting to see what Bernie Sanders says, so they can try to take credit for it. Um, All right, let's hear about Green Boy. Yep. In the early years, uh, unless you want to read. Oh, <laughs> In the early years, the elder Gonzalez espoused concern about the environment, but interest weakened when the sun took over in 2001. The party was shaken in 2004 when Green Boy was caught on video appearing to negotiate a $2 million bribe to help win approval for a hotel development near Cancun, that would require destroying mangrove trees, not scandals. whole grain. The sun was linked to another scandal on April 2nd, 2011, when the 25-year-old Bulgarian, when a 25-year-old Bulgarian woman who had arrived from Europe a day earlier fell 19 floors to her death from a Cancun balcony that news outlets said belonged to the Gonzalez family. Prosecutors said suicide couldn't be ruled out and no charges were pressed. Uh, this is the second instance of uh, femicide associated to the Green Party. Ouch. The previous one being the the, the fate of uh, uh, the NATO general in, in Della Prairie, what's her name? God, yeah. Um, so, awful. Scholars say the ecologist part, Green Party is an example of this function that allows small parties to collect huge payouts from the central government for their activities while striking deals with bigger parties at election time. Mexico has imposed government financing of parties as a way to keep underworld money out of politics. It is, a pro it is profitable to run a political party, said Ulises Corona, a political scientist at the National Autonomous University of Mexico, the nation's biggest. We're talking about billions of pesos that the central government gives these parties for their campaigns and administrative costs. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. That would be so cool. That really dope. For the current campaign, a spokesman for the Ecologist Green Party, Arturo Escobar, estimated the party has received 150 million pesos, or about $10.7 million. <laughs> Arturo Escobar, any relation? No, no relation, maybe. I don't know. 
Corona, it's a small, small region. Corona said the five current planks of the Ecologist Green Party campaign platform were designed perfectly to help with much larger institutional revolutionary party, the PRI and its Spanish initials, which ruled Mexico from 1929 to 2000. Nice little 71-year rule. Appeal to a broader swath of voters. The party calls for state vouchers for medicines to end fees for basic schooling. Oh, the, the, the dude who is financing everything is the semi-pharmacies guy. Ah. <laughs> state money for state the... vouchers for medicines there. yeah so i don't state see these guys helping amlo with single payer anytime soon huh um the party uh, state vouchers for medicines and end to fees for basic schooling that's pretty good life prison terms for kidnappers yikes greater investment for water systems and that's good and the only pledge related to the environment, regulation to make polluters pay reparations. That's pretty good. The presidential candidate who pollsters say is number two position left his former Mexico City Mayor Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador this Ooh. week. You! Hello! Uh, although he's been kind of, he's been a little, uh, this week ridiculed the Greens' call for state vouchers to obtain medicines at private drugstores. Do you know why the Greens are supporting Peña Nieto? Why they say they want to deliver free medicines? It's because the owners of the Greens have franchises and are in business of medicines at Lopez Obrador. Speaking of the priest candidate Enrique Peña Nieto. Oh, yeah. uh, hey, they didn't include his little Enya. Um, news reports said that extended Gonzalez family owns all or part of El Phoenix, Aoro, and Similares drugstore chains and best pharmaceutical firm. Escobar, the party spokesman, said the criticism saddened him because vouchers were the most fair of all platforms under consideration by the Mexican people. Sure. Vouchers, yeah, that's not doesn't seem fair. It seems like vouchers, any kind of vouchers is always bad. It's just you're already rationing. You're admitting to rationing. Um, uh, the medicine vouchers are aimed at guaranteeing that supplies of medicine in the federal social security system are sufficient, and if not, the vouchers holders won't have to wait. Escobar said, currently the Ecologist Green Party holds one Senate seat and seven seats in the lower house, but it holds significant sway in some states and municipalities, especially in Quintana Roo, the Caribbean state that surrounds Cancun, where it governs an alliance with the PRI. Okay, hold on a second here. So the medicine vouchers are aimed at guaranteeing that supplies of medicine in the federal social security system are sufficient. Mm-hmm. It sounds like he is uh, suggesting that those supplies might not be sufficient uh, and that semi-pharmacies might not have anything on the shelf when all the voters come. Yeah. And uh, then the second part is even more sinister. The voucher holders don't have to wait. So that means if there is a medicinal shortage... Vouchers would be prioritized. Yeah, over what the whoever didn't get vouchers. Who's isn't everyone supposed to get a voucher? How <laughs> so, some get more vouchers than others. Yeah, some some are more equal than others. I don't know how long did you have to wait for your federal free COVID test and how many just had some handed to them from their corporate job. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Ugh. I have been uh, paying in the free market for my COVID test. Oh, yeah. Like all us wage workers. Development 
New York Cancun has uprooted mangrove trees to make way for hotels. A few environmental groups voice alarm and say the greens are part of the problem. They remain quiet and they are allied with the party that sells anything available in Quintana Roo, said Guadalupe de la Rosa Villaba, head of Mose Yaxcuxla, a nonprofit environmental group. Some environmental groups temper criticism. We have to be objective. It's not that they are all bad, said Gustavo Elena Ortega, the head of the Mexican Environmental Law Center, adding that some legislators who help the laws on climate change should probably host really cool parties at those not, hotels. Yeah, not local. Uh, oh, that sounds like pretty bad ties with the party where someone right? fell off the balcony. I would uh, say. I thought it was not on the balcony, but falling, I should say. Right. Uh, however they got there. Uh, yeah, the, maybe this guy's being a little diplomatic since he's in the Environmental Law Center. Right. He, it, the, law, the laws on climate change seem like they would not as juicy red meat for a corrupt politician to yeah you know eviscerate it seems like they're kind of more interested in the more local stuff mm-hmm. um and i mean put it on it, it seems like a marketing thing you know it brings investment of their green um we have uh yet even though the ecologist greens are allied with the nation's most powerful party the subject of the environment has been almost entirely absent from the campaign he added sergio guayo a political analyst and civic rights advocate described the party as a family business that's benefited from the environmental label. The party, he said, waves the very legitimate and well-known green banner and takes advantage of the ignorance of a lot of people. Mm. So that's the Green Party in Mexico. Um, so, th- I mean, in this extreme incarnation... Uh, I guess I found what I was looking for. There, where I thought. Okay. there is almost like a fashy vibe. That this businessman runs the party as his fiefdom, and uh, they're they're making deals in Cancun on real estate and stuff. They control medicine. They heal the people. They, and they they uh, so yeah, I guess the European mm-hmm. uh party. I wonder if the uh. Green Party USA has a position at all. Green Party USA. And uh, let's look up one of these names. Uh, Pevin. Pevin. No, Pevin. Yeah. Yeah, Mexico. Damn, that'd be so cool if we could do like a live show at the UNAM. Yeah. We Uh, probably shouldn't be smoking the video. Yeah. Where are you smoking cigars? Yeah, I don't know. They look like they're We'll do it. We'll, try, we'll clean up the act. All right, we'll clean clean up the whole act. One of these days. All right. Get it together, folks. We'll get all it right, together. We're gonna get our shit together. We're gonna get it together. We're gonna get it together. One of these days. Uh, okay. So this is Green Party of the United States National Voting Committee. P-V-E-M. Mm-hmm. Resolution against the death penalty Green Party of California mm-hmm. has publicly supported reen- so okay background the Green Mexican Green Party El Partido Verde Ecologista de Mexico has publicly supported reinstatement of the death penalty for Mexico since September 2008 since then numerous Green Parties around the world have expressed concern about this position. 
On February 10th, 2009, the European Greens issued a press release withdrawing recognition of the PVEM as part of the Global Green Family and asking the Federation of the Green Parties of the Americas, the Federation de los Partidos Verdes de las Americas, to address the issue accordingly. The GPUS is a member of the FPVA. The FPVA conducted its annual meeting in November 2008 in Quebec City, Quebec, Canada, but this issue was not allowed to be taken up on the FPVA agenda, despite the text below being circulated in advance of the meeting as a draft agenda on the FPVA mailing list. So, wow, that's pretty wild. Drama. So, yeah, this is something that I think is instructive in the organization of the Green Party coalitions, which is that uh, clearly this Mexican Green Party gets legitimacy from the FPVA, and then the U.S. Green Party gets its legitimacy from the FPVA, but the FPVA is almost like another uh, autonomous um, uh, group rather than a federation responsive to the membership, you know? Right. Well, what's the FPVA then? So that's over the Green Party USA? Yes. So that's why the Green Party USA can't condemn or expel the Green Party of Mexico because they're not uh, really, uh, I mean, it seems like this, this national or this international body is not very responsive to the. They can't even condemn them. Yeah. So they, they, uh, what do they say? Presence, quorum. I want to help them condemn them. Oh my God. So the GPUS International Committee elects two representatives to the FPVA. The FPVA elects three representatives to the 12 member Global Green Coordination, which is the governing body for Greens on the global level. Not only is the GPUS opposed to the death penalty, but opposition to the death penalty is called out specifically in the Global Green Charter, which the GPUS and the Mexican Greens signed on to. So how mm-hmm. green politics of Mexico develops can affect how green politics are perceived in the U.S. Wow, Damn that right. was so uh, fishy at the end. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, you're going to make us look bad. Oh, how many DSA resolutions have been... <laughs> yeah. Um... So, uh, this was proposed, a 58 majority of yes or no votes, and it couldn't even be brought forward, is what you're saying? Because the proposal... This, this was, it says uh, draft agenda, right? Right. Wow. Is this at that's the bottom of the page? Can we see the full proposal? Proposal, resolution... Oh, here we go. Uh, resolution against the death penalty. Whereas the Green Party is an international political movement, whereas the Green Parties around the globe are united by common values like peace and nonviolence, and whereas Green Parties around the globe come together in Canberra in April 2001 for the first Global Greens Congress to approve an expression of those values in the form of Global Green Charter, and whereas Section 610 of the Global Green Charter states that the Global Greens demand that the death penalty be abolished worldwide, and whereas the Global Green Charter was approved by consensus in Canberra in 2001, and whereas the Statue of Federation de Partidos Verdes de las Americas, FPVA, declared that the FPVA was formed to seek cooperation to spread, adopt ideas, and practice love and respect for life, democracy, and the constitution of sustainable societies. Therefore, the Green Party of the United States declares its 
unequivocal support of Section 610 of the Global Greens Charter and urges its strongest terms that all members and observant parties of the FPVA and their elected officials and other representatives observant practice in party policy and legislation they adopt, they advocate and support. Resolución contra la pena de la muerte. Same thing in Spanish. Okay. Uh, yeah, it seems like that this, to me, I was kind of interested in this Byzantine. No. Uh, kind of like network stuff. Yeah, this two members to this, uh, this, this seems like the, the problem with like utopian schemes is that you can't really set the details out ahead of time very easily. I mean, this is the thing. Like, so many people go out and, you know, vote for Joe Stein, vote for Ralph Nader. They go out and canvas for Howie Hawkins. But who are you really working for? Um, you're working for La Federación de Partidos Verdes de América. Apparently. You know. This almost reminds me of, like, uh, FIFA or something in terms of the... Oh, God, yeah. The levels that kind of... Uh, I think the Green Party has a bit of a better, you know, reputation. Let's not, let's not, let's not just be vicious here. But yes. Well, anyway, the, I mean, the, the Mexican Green Party seems very, very shady. Indeed. Yeah. And it's uh, that. I mean, the FPBA is blocking these motions. What's going on with the Quebec Green Party? What are they into? You know? Right. Could it be that the FPBA and its many smaller affiliated? Um, Groups around the Americas are dependent on the money that, you know, the, the, you know, steady income that, you know, this, the Mexico Green Party is able to bring in. And is it the Mexico Green Party pushing pro-death penalty because they see their longevity being tied to the police state apparatus of it all? Which... Yeah, I mean, I think they're, they have a base of right-wing supporters in Cancun City. So they are uh, appealing to them. That's the same what went on with the LGBTQ thing as well. Mm. And uh, should we do a quick dive into the FPVA before we we call it? Uh yeah, sure. Uh, I kind of wanted to go into the U.S. Green Party. Okay, yes, let's do that. Uh, and then wrap up. Yeah, we've been going two hours. It was going to be a long one. We kind of are getting to the. Yeah, let's see the the history of the. U.S. Green Party. The clicking sound is ASMR. Listen. Uh, Lebanon's Green Party. Is that a good ASMR sound? You point to that? Yeah. You know, kind of gentle typing in the background. Oh. Isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't do that. I'm not into that. Kind of on a high horse here. Yucking. I'm, I'm not yucking anyone's yum. Uh, Green Party of the United States. Okay, so the Green Party is a federation of green state political parties. So that's what our kind of thing about green parties was about, which is that for one thing, uh, uh, one issue is that uh, like, why are there? Why are they federated at so many nested levels? Like, why don't they just have you know, like, why is there a USA umbrella, and then there's an America's umbrella, and then there, you know, and the European Green Party is, like, totally independent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the GPUS was founded in 2001 
hmm. as the Association of State Green Parties. It's split from the Green slash Green Party, USA. which existed until 2005 after the split. So four years after the split, they still had the Green slash Green Party USA is based in Chicago. Hmm. It has its own journal that we could get into. So mm-hmm. the 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 G slash GP USA was formed in 1991 out of the Green Committees of Correspondence, mm. a collection of local green groups active since the year 1984. And Committees of Correspondence comes from the American Revolution. So mm. they like this is like some Hamilton shit. Uh-huh. They're like standing the founding fathers and stuff. Right. So which sucks. Yeah, <laughs> which sucks. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, insurrectionists. Hey, insurrectionists. Hmm. Um, so this thing here, uh, On Morality and Human Dignity, was published in Synthesis Last Regeneration mm-hmm. in 2002. And that journal is the journal of the the split Green Party. Mm-hmm. So this, this Greens slash Green Party, mm-hmm. USA, Greens. is... Uh-huh. is uh, founded by Howie Hawkins, who's now back with the other the Green new, Party USA. Right. And this Wikipedia page actually tells the story totally differently. For It says there wasn't a split. There was like an evolution. Weird. Well, somebody kind of like... <laughs> and... Uh, Wikipedia soldiered through their way through There's this. been quite a lot of Wikipedia soldiering in these... Yeah. Uh, 2001 Congress of G slash GPUSA mm. held at Carbondale, Illinois on July 21. Delegates considered the Boston proposal separation of powers agreement between it and the Association of State Green Parties. Many of those attendees were also members of the ASGP. There was an intense organizational struggle, much of which revolved around whether or not to accredit various delegations and thus grant them voting privileges. Yikes. The proposal failed to reach the required two-thirds majority, although over half voted to approve it. 99 in favor, 81 against. Mm. So that's that's so weird. Like, why are why are they like giving these chapters voting privileges and taking them away in parliamentary battles? Well, I mean, I guess a bunch of groups showed up, and if you don't meet the requirements to like vote, but then you want to vote them in, so they have power then, but then they completely offset the proposed agenda or. I mean, I could see it being an issue as a DSA person. Um, I could see this being a very important issue, but it's something okay. that your organization would want to have right uh, handled in some kind and of anticipate. I mean, in you, you want to know who's showing up to your stuff, you know, for especially if you're gonna have votes. And this, so then there, and it seems like they're kind of minimized. It seems like this was some Wikipedia soldier. Yeah, stuff. like giving people some play-by-play about how close it was. There's 180 people there voting. So wow. the result was very controversial, ultimately led to the exodus. And then in the Green Party USA mm-hmm. story, they just sort of, uh, so it's Howie Hawkins. So Howie Hawkins is not uh, a part of the Green Party USA. I He's guess. a part of the old Green Party that split. Right. And the, this this uh, this person... Uh, Petra Kelly, who was killed by the mm. NATO general, wrote, uh, this is how, yeah. yeah, this is, this is how, yeah, why don't we read how they, the GPUSA describes their early history. All right. Um, 
The political movement that began in 1985 as the Decentralized Committees of Correspondence evolved into a more centralized structure by 1990, opening a national clearinghouse and forming governing bodies, bylaws, and a clearinghouse and forming uh, and a platform as the Green Committees of Correspondence, GCOC, and by 1990, simply the Greens. The organization conducted grassroots organizing efforts, educational activities, and electoral campaigns. Internal divisions arose between members who saw electoral politics as ultimately corrupting and supported the notion of an anti-party party, formed by Petra Kelly and other leaders of the Greens in Germany, versus those who saw electoral strategies as a crucial engine of social change. A struggle for the direction of the organization culminated in a compromise agreement ratified in 1990 as the Greens National Congress in Elkins, West Virginia, and in both strategies would be accommodated within the same 527 political organization renamed Greens Green Party USA, GGP USA. It was recognized by the FEC as a national political party in 1991. The compromise agreement subsequently collapsed, and the two Green Party organizations have coexisted in the United States since then. The Green Party Network was organized in 1990, and the National Association of Statewide Green Parties formed by 1994. Yeah, that's the Green Politics Network. Mm. Divisions between these, those presuming to break onto the national political stage and those aiming to grow roots at the local level continued to widen during the 1990s. The Association of State Greens, ACGP, encouraged and backed Nader's presidential runs 1996-2000. By 2001, the push to separate electoral activity from the GGP-USA issue-based organizing led by the Boston Proposal and the subsequent rise of the Green Party of the United States. The GGP-USA lost most of its affiliates in the next few months and dropped its FEC National Party status in the year 2005. So that's that con- that's like on the other page that's for this thing. So they just said uh, the GGP USA is dead, mm-hmm. and then on this other page they're like that the totally corrupt convention they decided to uh, mm-hmm. walk out rather than uh, mm-hmm. vote. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, so the ten key values, but this is something that uh. In 2016, the Green Party passed a motion in favor of rejecting both capitalism and state socialism, Mm. supporting instead an alternative economic system based on ecology and decentralization of power. Mutualism. And uh, it says, the eco-socialist economy the Green Party of the United States wants to create is similar to a market socialist mutualist economic of Proudhon. Hmm. which consists of a large sector of democratically controlled public enterprises, a large sector of cooperative enterprises, and a smaller sector of small businesses and self-employed. So that's quite odd to support. The, I think Kropotkin <laughs> split with Proton over Proton's support for markets and residual capitalist stuff. I mean... Uh, and, and and that's uh said Marx also split from Proton. He wrote the uh, poverty of philosophy to criticize his own uh, philosophy mm. of poverty. Mm. It's, it's kind of like a real cool uh, uh, smash cut moment in uh, young Marx mm. for old text. Yeah. Uh, name drop Miri Bookchin here too, kind of like a. Well, I, it doesn't clarify what 
the Green Party rejection of both state socialism and capitalism and their promotion of communalism was which was created by libertarian socialist Mary Bookchin places the Green Party under the ideology of libertarian socialism. And uh, that doesn't like would Murray did Murray Bookchin agree to that, that they're a part of his thing? I don't know. That's a good question. We'd have to ask him. That'd be oh. a nice excuse to bug him. Oh, yeah. Let's see what a Murray... Uh, you think he's alive? Is he? Uh, no, you're right. I'm Googling Murray Bookchin. I'm Googling Murray Bookchin. Green Party. Vocal advocate. No, he doesn't Damn it. So it says he... People are just sort of... The Green move, Movement is kind of claiming him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he died in 2006. Yeah. Damn. Uh, all right, well, I'll Google Murray Bookshin again later. But yeah. it, it seems like Bookshin became an environmental innovator in Vermont and a key figure in the Vermont Green Party. Hmm. Lifestyle uh, environmentalism. He was yeah. a critic of uh, lifestyle environmentalism. Huh. Hmm. Uh, 1969 essay, Listen, Marxist, warned nice. against the Marxist influence and factionalism within the SDS. Yeah, I should read that. Yeah, I wonder if um, Thomas Frank uh, was riffing off that when he wrote his book, uh, Listen, Liberal. Pretty good. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think there's, it's a thing that gets Sounds like something off. he would do. I don't know who did the first one. Yeah. Listen, Liberal. Yeah, that sounds about right. That Listen, Marxist. I think they're. It's more like there's. They have a common ancestor rather than <laughs> that. They're both uh, riffing off something. Riffing off each other. Probably that guy doesn't know who Murray Bookchin is. He's never Google Murray Bookchin once. Wow. Okay. That's that's not. You know, like Thomas Frank's still pretty smart. Thomas Frank is 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 a smart guy. Huh? He's the what's the matter with Kansas guy who was calling the American populist movement way before it happened. Yeah. Okay. The populist movement, I think, was kind of a Green Party thing, in yeah. a way. Listen, there is a more hardcore socialist movement that was active at the time. Oh, what? Yes. Yeah. I've heard this guy on podcasts and stuff. Yeah. yeah, this would be a great get if we got this guy on our podcast. Well, I don't know about all that. But the Bachelor magazine has some great writers, and a lot of them have to end up doing some rounds at UIC. So maybe we can book them. Maybe we can do some kind of uh, viral stunt at their offices and get jobs. I don't know, um, that they're like happy-go-lucky, humorous type of people that would enjoy that, to be honest, but... He looks pretty happy-go-lucky. Yeah, he is. You don't have to talk to him. Maybe we'll prank him. We'll do a viral I would want to hang out with Amlo, because I feel like he would be very annoyed at what Mexican America has produced, but it'd be enjoyable to, uh, to... You mean Amlo would be annoyed with you, like in the... A little bit. I mean, I don't know. Madrigal show, the El, El Pocho. Yeah. And he would, like, roast you. No, I hope not. Um, don't even say your own name, right? Yeah, maybe he would, actually. Is that a kid? Actually, something like that. But, yeah, uh, that'd be fun. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, the Green Party has a lot of problems. Um, I do kind of want to go back to their first Congress of 1985, Maybe for next episode, and we want to. I want to look into that Federation of Green Party Americas that blocked California's resolution, which I thought was very on point. Um, I almost feel like 
you know, salvaging okay, we're at, Green we're Park. At two hours. Yeah. Are you getting ready to get ready to call it? I think I think we should call it. Uh, we've been kind of like not abiding by our microphone rules that we established. So. Um, uh well I'm I'm gonna listen to this as soon as I get it up and yeah. hopefully it'll it'll be alright I think the sound will be pretty good we've been pretty good about jostling the table sorry about a lot of the table um, jostling I would like to read a passage from this person uh Petra Kelly's yeah. essay yeah who uh was was murdered by this this general mm-hmm. uh Green Party USA. Oh yeah, so Green slash Green Party USA, the the one that is founded by Howie Hawkins and okay. was split from the the much larger Splitters. the Bolshevik faction. Yeah. Uh us. This guy had this one has a section called How We're Different with than the Green Party. Hmm. Which is like isn't why is Howie Hawkins not the associated to the majority Green Party if he's like the face of it? I don't know, maybe he sucks. So I mean, it's kind of like he's got a pay- the the party is not even registered the FEC anymore. Yeah. So that could be a reason why Republicans are uh, getting them on the ballot. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I guess the Green Party kind of has to let itself get used if it wants that kind of ballot access in a country that's corrupt against it. So it's kind of a messed up place to be. No, I, I, that's a little rough on Howie. He's trying to do good things for the world. I'm sorry. But, um, well, don't be too generous either. <laughs> All okay, right. GPUSA is early years. Where is the Petra Kelly? On morality and human dignity excerpts. Oh, wow. So, German Green Party. This is excerpts from the late Petra Kelly's speech, Morality and Human Dignity, which is included in this collection, Nonviolence Speaks to Power. Cool. Do you wanna do you wanna pacificate or do you want me to do my best, Petra? Oh, uh, you start. Yeah. Or um, it just seems kind of. Like... Right, I'll do, I'll start. Go Sometimes for it. I I'm not gonna do like an impression of her. Is yeah. that what you thought I was gonna? No, it just seems, seems kind that of. That would be quite inappropriate. There's a lot of exclamation points. You're right. I'm sorry. Her tragic demise. That was pretty really awful. Yeah, we're not, we're not mocking this person, but no. we're gonna read what they have to say and and think critically about it and respond. I think that's the best way to honor a fallen comrade of sorts. Maybe not exactly the same. Here's the left us go. Uh, sometimes I almost despaired of this attitude, particularly within my own party. What is left of the honesty and credibility of a party that set out to do things completely differently? How quickly the established behavior and bond was assimilated by our party. Mm. Many members attach more importance to a regular drink with journalists, a reception at an embassy, or party infighting than to everyday political problems, which he had wanted to solve in a different, more caring spirit of solidarity. Struggles for power within the Green Party, whether at the parliamentary or constituency level, suddenly became the navel of the world, and everything else was shadowed by this maneuvering and infighting. I never became involved in this, nor did I want to. I find it I found it exasperating to see the so-called mullahs of the... Oh, I'm not sure about that culture, culture but I, I've been there with this uh, capacity, you know, kind of like at capacity, like toxic environment. Of the very parties, various wings, perniciously combating each other for hours and almost every week. Since our meetings are always open to the public, no matter how painful for those being rebuked or criticized, the press and bond has always been present, eagerly absorbing the occurrences and obtaining news of green parliamentary work fit for the headlines. But it is not the fault of the press. We are the ones to blame for the impression created. The passion displayed in the infighting was all too often lacking in our 
treatment of genuine political issues. My vision of a completely demilitarized Europe without military blocks. Uh, the Greens, oh, here we go. Set up as a kind of anti-party party have turned into a party obsessed with power, into a dead, boring German party, as Joseph Beuys so aptly put it shortly before he died. Hmm. So this is very interesting, because I don't know if it's going to develop to be something other than a criticism of the current state of the Green Party, but this doesn't seem like a document that endorses a anti-party party. I mean, maybe some of these problems result from it being an anti-party party. Mm. Uh, skip ahead a bit. Yeah, can I read this part? Sure, go ahead. Thus, the Greens, originally intent on transforming power from below, have meanwhile become victims of power from above. The individual members of the party have to be honest about this. My vision is a complete of a completely demilitarized Europe without military blocks, without nuclear power stations, without a chemical industry that causes cancers, and without an iron curtain in people's minds. It is not our friends from the Eastern European movements for civil rights and democracy who have a great deal to learn. No, it is we in the West who still have much to learn and who must acquire the courage to stand up for our own convictions in the political field. There is no longer any time for silly claims of victory or for German or Western European self-content. The entire parliamentary debate on nuclear energy and weapons reminds me of a comment by Henry David Thoreau. They hesitate, express regret, and sometimes even sign petitions, but they do nothing seriously and effectively. In their position of ease, they wait for others to remedy the grievances so they no longer have to take such offense at it. At much, at most, they cast their vote in the elections. This does not cost much, and they give a brief nod to justice as it passes by, wishing it well. Mm. Yeah, this is very interesting. Oh, here's the last paragraph. I could just read that. And then we'll, we'll give our impressions and close out. Yeah. Without honesty, they cannot really call themselves politicians. All of us must learn anew every day what it means to think with our hearts and to make uh, political decisions with our hearts. The electorate rightly demands more credibility and sincerity in politics. That's kind of like what sincerity in politics? I mean, that's how does that value? Mm. Uh, that value doesn't seem, uh, seems like a very superficial value to me. Mm. I believe that the voters have had enough of political media stars and of those who regard the political arena as their own stage. They have also had enough of the federal government's countless contemptible arms scandals, of the Vanity Fair and grandiose speeches, of maneuvering to form coalitions, of party discipline, and of jockeying for publicity. It is us up to us to ensure that the public does not become indifferent to politics. No. Oh. So translated by the author, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so this is from the Center for Global Nonviolence. It's unfortunate. Um, early Vanity Fetcher's life, it seems like she was a very passionate person about uh, where the world was going. Certainly wasn't wrong about that. Um, uh, may, I'm yeah, I'm I am very sad for her. That that's in in uh. He mentions uh, Bond in, in this point, um, and his role in the party, it kind of seems like at one point it became a drunken revelry of uh, 
cult of personality or something. Sure, Bon was the NATO general. Yeah, wasn't it Biert? Oh, was it? I thought. Uh, Garrett Bastian. 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 That's uh, that's, that's the general. general. He's the guy that. Well, she mentioned Bond. She didn't mention Bastian, but that's the guy who the police believe killed her. They Yikes. were just both found dead. Yikes. So maybe they were killed by a third party. Who knows? Yikes. Uh, uh, yeah, that's fucked up, man. But this website that this article is, mm. the Center for Global Nonviolence is now like the center. For, their website is now a Bitcoin blog. Yeah. In Velcha Crypto Varungen, Sultan Sia Investian. Which cryptocurrencies should you invest Not, in the top blog post on this website? Matt Damon's, yeah. Um, uh, so uh, this, to me, uh, represents, I feel like I can identify with this feeling of powerlessness and, uh, you know, seeing the cynicism around you and, and being alienated. But this uh, doesn't seem like, like, this is sort of linked to as like a founding document to explain this anti-party ideology, but uh, this woman was murdered in a femicide, uh, murdered by a man in the party. Is is that that toxic? The guy in the Mexican Green Party killed someone. Uh, looks like mm. is this kind of toxic uh, environment? It seems like there's a lot of toxicness in their internal parliamentary politics. And well, this person's observing it and, and rightly criticizing it and, and, and they're dedicated to a issue of disarmament, which mm-hmm. is uh I think very important. Mm-hmm. But uh I, I do reject the uh the blanket like nonviolence as a cause. I think that that cause of like is just you know, like telling people not to defend themselves, you know. Like I, I believe people like the they the colonized people are afraid to defend themselves, you know. Well, and, so, uh, I mean, Ukraine's the right call. Um, sorry, Ukrainian yeah. Ukraine, sorry, sorry. No, that's not what you meant. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. The Tatars. Yeah. The Tatars of Crimea. Pobrecitos. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, uh, no, I, I hear your point. Like, um, I, I, I think a lot of this resonates for what, what some of the, um, some of the anxiety that people have today with electoral politics and whether the left in America has reached its, a dead end with Bernie Sanders. Will there ever be a candidate that would um, foster that much uh, genuine um, uh, you know, drive to uh, legitimize the American institutional infrastructure you know, of its government? You know, another candidate like that for the left, um, you know, people, uh, I think that you know, there's a lot of efforts to like control or block that from happening again. Um, and I think that you know what Petra's kind of writing here. I think a lot of people are going through like you know I I know what you mean like uh, a politics of sincerity like it sounds kind of like open ended and uh, pretty um, unspecific you know. But when you've been in you know immersed in the BS of electoralism and what it means to try to get a voting block of people um, that want to mitigate industry, you know, for public health, for the environment, for the earth, for life, for something untangible that doesn't make the government money, like 
Well, well, uh, yeah. there's some problems I think with we have to stay grounded in the material reality, which is that it's this NATO general was a part of this disarmament movement. Yeah. Maybe. So what does that mean? You know, what was this movement perhaps infiltrated in some way? I mean, did it always start as an op? <laughs> did it start as an op? There, there's some connection in Australia between the green bands, which were that labor unions refused to do developments on sites of the indigenous heritage and stuff. Thanks. And but then a separate Green Party movement developed parallel to that that looked to it in inspiration. So there's something highly idealist about the Green Party politics, mm-hmm. and which meaning that um, they are focused on ideals and uh, conforming to ideals and conforming to abstract principles, and not on you know uh, empowering the working class or uplifting the workers or you know a grassroots that articulates its message. Yeah, from the grassroots up, it seems like it's uh almost uh like a like a a game. So this this article, yeah. to be fair, this was not supposed to be a program or anything. I misread the footnote. Hmm. It was uh this is an illustration of the type of internal divisions that arose. Ah. it looks like the dominant Green Party is the the Green Party USA, according to this article. That and also, if you look at this, five hundred twenty-seven political organizations. Mm-hmm. Oh no, five two seven. But they have all these local chapters who are all affiliated in different, mm-hmm. different ways. The Association of State Green Parties. It almost seems like kind of like a designed to be contentious, like that. Like that, their parliamentary methods are designed to be contentious or something. I mean, considering the start. Um, that they had access to a NATO general and that you had a faction of the party that always dealt with that heady space of yeah, the, and the, the top West, of the institutional powers. The West German chapter started like 10 years before the U.S. chapter. Right. So like, I, I would figure there will be elements within the Green Party that never, that would want, you know, want to prefer to, or would, you know, be part of those upper echelon spaces. And as people, as the Green Party kind of like grew, I mean, obviously there would be people at the bottom that aren't part of like the Sierra Club luncheons and want to like organize grassroots. So I see this as an organic split that was bound to happen. But I I also think that, you know, their inability to rationalize, uh, the two worlds is is why they've been more of a detriment to the left than you know helping base build worker move led movements or um or being a a coalescing uh force for different coalitions the way that bernie sanders presidential campaign has been yeah it appears that there's a green party associated with this association of state green parties that does good works mm-hmm. in their neighborhoods and stuff yeah. that supports environmentalist causes. And the National Green Party mm-hmm. is totally separate since 2001. Mm-hmm. And that National Green Party is uh, the minority one that doesn't have the FEC thing anymore. Mm-hmm. 
and uh and it's mainly seems like like seems like a vehicle for self-promotion yeah and that would be the green slash green party usa much like the mexican green party might have some in common with that yeah i mean it's interesting i mean uh I, I maybe feel... we could have them on. We'll give equal time to uh, anybody who wants to come on the show or talk to us. Definitely, definitely. We, we're you here know, to learn more. We um, want to learn more. Challenge us. You know, we're giving our impressions of uh, ultimately, you know, sort of Gnostic history yeah. that where we just show up on the internet and yeah, follow the rab white rabbit. You know, wherever it goes. That's that's us. We all know no better. Um, uh, well, we got an impression of your organization. If you want to come on and defend it, uh, you have an open invitation. Yeah, I, I, we would. We would actually just like a friendly chat about like where where can the Western left where you know where are we at and where where are we going? I I think that electoral politics is important. I do think that hijacking the Democratic Party at the state by state level back from capitalist forces was a more uh, viable and tangible pathway to use electoralism. Well, ultimately, um, pre two thousand, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, they didn't pan out so well, and I understand not lending so much energy in that direction anymore. But um, I'm wary of any vehicle that's going to claim to be the authentic uh, messenger of all things leftist policy. You know, especially if it's a libertarian or republican. Um, well, there. I mean, there is a libertarian in the American sense. In Europe, libertarian means anarchist. Right, libertarian socialist, and uh, there is an element of uh, unity between the American libertarians, the right wing libertarians, and the Green Party proposal for a mutualist economy. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this is a utopian scheme that is sometimes grouped with uh, the uh, right wing libertarianism and mm-hmm. uh, ideological classification. So I guess I really what I, I can't just go off the Wikipedia article though I should go into their like public statements and stuff and yeah. read and see if they uh yeah I think that we should um once we're kind of like we maybe do another Green Party follow up start digging into Libertarians global movement yeah sure yeah and uh, maybe get Frankie back on yeah yeah um Mercury retrograde he wanted to be here but. You know, the stars. Enough said. Enough said. Say less. All right. All right. Later.